0: This is the Bounty Hunt Podcast. Bounty Hunters, we don't need that scum.
1: A Uteni Patreon exclusive featuring Star Wars news and discussion beyond the expanded universe.
0: I have never met a Mandalorian. The Mandalorian. And now
1: it's time to collect those credits. As you will Bounty hunting is a
2: complicated profession. Hello there. Everyone, and welcome to Bounty Hunt, the UTD Network podcast where we hunt down all the extra content in the Star Wars universe. I am your slowly recovering from Celebration COVID host, Eric Eilerson, and joining me on this week's hunt is the full crew. It is Dr. Corey Helton, who just moved. Corey, hello. how's hello, your hello. new home?
0: Uh it's uh it's coming together. My desk is sitting like four feet away from the wall, like an insane person right now because I was wow. trying to get all the cable management done before the show and I did not complete it. So here you are, slightly different background than you'll see tomorrow. But it's coming. It's coming. I feel like i finally recovered from uh celebration and moving madness. Uh do not recommend going on an exhausting vacation like celebration and then immediately selling a home and moving as soon as you get home. I was uh Different man a week ago. (laughs) Yes.
2: Yeah. So, Corey and I both uh, overall taken massive L's this last week, uh, but I believe in person that's on a massive dub after a couple good beach days, Dr. Charles Hankel. What's up, man? We're talking about about your boy. It's Obi-Wan time.
3: That's right. I'm good, man. I just spent a couple weekends out at the beach. Now I'm here today to talk about my favorite Star Wars character of all time and the show that is tremendous and doing him... Uh, every bit of justice that I was hoping it would so I'm I'm happy
2: excellent I'm happy that you're happy uh, and I hope that Obi-Wan is making you even an iota as happy as this next man makes me every single day and that's Mr. West Jenkins what's up sir hey good afternoon good evening everyone Eric is
4: lying he's actually really upset with me right now because <laughs> it's been it's been a long time since we've done this show I'm excited to do it again finally and talk about Obi-Wan Kenobi um the Bounty Hunt episodes are some of my favorite that we do, so, um, yeah, uh, some of the celebration mm-hmm. hype has kind of died down just a tad bit, but um, I'm really excited to talk about the episodes.
2: Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Uh, this is your first Bounty Hunt. Welcome to all of you. This used to be a Patreon show, but we realized we have so much fun doing it, and we have such an amazing community that we asked them, hey, can we bring this outside of the paywall? They said, absolutely. So this is the show where we kind of go through all th- all the shows which we can say now because there's so many Star Wars television shows because we live in a great world. Uh, we're going to recap the show, full spoilers, and then we're going to talk about what we loved. Uh, we used to kind of give it a rating beforehand and a rating afterwards, but we've kind of abolished the ratings on the book round tables because we realized that it doesn't really fit with our mission. And, fellas, we haven't really discussed this yet, but <coughs> I feel like we should abolish them for Bounty Hunt as well. Uh, yeah, I think that's fair. You know? why yes. Why would we number these things we love let's just say if we dug it or say that uh this one had some good moments <laughs> you know yeah, yeah, and sure. we'll do it that way so like
0: that. before
2: we recap these first three because as, as a lot of you may know the first two episodes came out when we were at celebration together uh so we didn't talk about it and the third one came out <laughs> and and Time and time has gone by, so we're going to do all three in one massive episode for you all. <clears throat> we're gonna, What we're going to do, we're going to ma- recap the first two that came out at the same time, talk about those for a bit, and then because episode three was so massive, we're going to recap <clears throat> that separately, and that'll get its own section of the show. But fellas, before we do that, I just want to go around the horn here real quick and get a general vibe about how we're feeling about Obi-Wan. Were, did you have massive expectations coming in? Were they met? What do you think the general direction of the show is so far? Just some some kind of foundation for our conversation. And Charles, of course, you know, I'm starting with you, buddy. How is Obi-Wan treating you these first three episodes?
3: I think that this show has been fantastic. I tried very hard to come in without expectations. But when it's your favorite character, when it's your favorite actor coming back to play that character, it you know, there's going to be a little something there. But I think really far and away... So far this show has checked every box for me. I've had <clears throat> tremendous fun every episode. I feel like the decisions they've made, even the ones that have surprised me, actually feel right. Um they they feel like something that that's believable for this character and kind of his journey and his transition from episode 3 to episode 4. Um so I've I've loved it. I think one of the biggest things that I'll just mention right off the top that that I think really threw me that was not the direction I thought the show was going to go and was the inclusion of young Leia. And when she first came on screen, I was like, oh, this is a cool moment that we're going to see and then we're going to leave this and go to Obi-Wan and maybe this was just a little Easter egg type scene. No, it's like the whole plot of the show. So that's been (laughs) pretty incredible, but so far I really liked... Uh, what they've done with it and that actress i don't know her name off the top of my head but she vivian is,
2: lyra blair
3: okay vivian lyra blair has been phenomenal i think is young Leia, very believable that she would turn into who we see later on on screen so um yeah no number to give you but if i was giving numbers it would be high
2: excellent amazing foundation love all that also agree that I thought Leia was only building up the natural Bail Organa introduction,
0: um, <laughs> which
2: will get its full due in just a couple minutes. Uh, but Corey, how about you? Base thoughts on Obi Wan <laughs> before we dive in.
0: Yeah, um, I I think I had more trouble managing expectations for this particular project than I did anything else that's ever come out uh, with with Star Wars <laughs> in the last couple years since we've been doing Utini. I mean, Utini has changed my perspective about watching Star Wars. Period. But like, I've I it was impossible to keep them in check for the show. We were all just so excited for it. And having Ewan and Hayden back is just mind numbing. And I got to say this show has totally exceeded all of my expectations. Like I've never felt like so confidently uh, like, like reading discourse online, like some of the stuff that people have said about the show. Like I am so confident. The show is amazing. I'm loving it so much that like, it doesn't even phase me like sometimes sometimes discourse can really ruin the taste of a show to you, right, like but it's not me it hasn't ruined it at all, like I'm just like, yeah, that guy's wrong, sorry, like I just love it like it's <laughs> it's so it's so, so good. it's checking like Charles said, checking every single box. I'm absolutely loving the show more so, I think than any other live action star Wars project so far. I mean it's been an utter blast. every single episode has just melted my face. The fact that we get to see them at celebration two was just icing on the cake, and it's gonna probably hold a very special place in in my memory for the rest of my life. So, you know, it's been a, it's been a wild ride. I'm really enjoying the show.
2: Yeah. I love that, that reaction of the, you know, any kind of hot take or criticism in, in, I would say, not faithful ways, right? Like, like criticism based on hatred, and things the show may have gotten is so ridiculous that the quality of the show, I'm the same way Corey, has made me yeah. feel like, oh, that's dumb. And then just like kind of moved on in exactly. a way that sometimes. Oh, you do like the little registered.
0: girl? Too bad. You're an idiot. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's, <laughs> that's it's,
2: objectively dumb. Sorry. Exactly.
0: Exactly. It's been very easy where uh, it hasn't in some other things in the past. So, you know.
2: Yeah. Wes, how about you, dude?
4: Um, so. I didn't really I manage my expectations going into this, so I was thinking like how are they gonna get Hayden involved um due to the Vader suit so um we do have three more episodes left, but I mean, what they have done so far with getting us off Tatooine and then coming hopefully coming back. Is is crazy and yeah, like you said uh, with young Leia, like you could tell the instant she started, she sat up in the in the trees and was just like naming off some of the starfighters or some of the fighters that were like you could tell that was Leia. She did such a great job. Um, But um, the only thing I can hear every time I see these episodes, three episodes now, is the Obi Wan Kenobi theme and us being uh, like being there for the first playing playing. (laughs) with John Williams at Celebration. And it's it is in like pretty much most of the episodes in you know different parts of of his theme. And I think it's incredible. I love that theme now. So that I'm real big on the on the music in Star Wars and this one really knocked it out of the park for sure.
2: Yeah. The yeah. John Williams starting off obviously with that was incredible. Natalie Holt, we're gonna talk about her a ton, is just i conducting a master class. I uh, like she did with Loki as well. I can't agree more for me. I'm just, I'm just kind of all three you guys. For me, this is pretty easily. I will say the best <clears throat> introduction of a live action Star Wars show we've gotten so far. I, I know we're like that. halfway through it, which is a little different. It's um, crazy
4: to say.
0: I know. way right? through. It's a miniseries. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we well, definitely I, never felt like this in a, in a midway point of a show. No, like, no, no. No, it's no, definitely not I, felt like this.
2: No, and I think for me, the, the real difference in Obi-Wan is that <clears throat> I think every single element is firing at the exact same pace. The acting, sure. directing, the writing, the effects, the music everything is at the same exemplary level. Whereas I think those levels are reached in other Star Wars projects all the time. Don't get me wrong. We had these really amazing acting moments, the effect shots, the fights, the like, they each have their, mm-hmm. their times in the sun, but Obi-Wan, it feels like because of the united vision of Deborah Chow of you and McGregor of everyone being on the exact same page for the exact same episode, the entire project. It's just like, yes, yes, yes. Uh, yeah, this episode, this show freaking rocks. Uh, if you want, uh, I guess, a, a commentary about things they could fix in it in Obi-Wan in the future, I hope you enjoy our other podcasts. But what we're going to do here... <laughs> not this show. Um, not this one, baby. This is all love. Let's jump into the first two episodes, um, aptly named part one and part two. And uh, we're going to do a brief recap on what happened in them, and then let's go into what we love. So we begin the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. The first thing we see, because they're all sick bastards in Lucasfilm, is Order 66 again. Again. <laughs> um, in a flashback, a group of younglings get absolutely uh, terrified by the final that first coming into the Jedi Temple, uh, their Jedi Master does what they can to save them, but eventually they have to run. We then come back to the modern day, <clears throat> quote-unquote, and it is Inquisitor time on Tatooine. We meet the Grand Inquisitor, we meet Riva, the third sister, they're looking for a Jedi, and is it Obi-Wan? It is not. It's actually one of the Safety brothers, who outs himself as being a Jedi in the middle of a cantina and runs away. We then find old Ben Kenobi just working on a job, you know, trying to keep himself alive, staying in hiding. We find his workplace, we find his AOP, and we find his little hermitage, where we meet Tika, the Jawa who is selling Ben's own parts back to him and not even bothering to clean them first. However, he does sell good old Ben Kenobi a toy. Luke's toy that we see in A New Hope, and he pays him 75 credits or so. Ben, then, under the cover of darkness, goes to the Lars homestead to drop off the toy to Luke and runs into the other Jedi in the Wastelands. The Jedi begs Obi-Wan, Master, to help him out. Obi-Wan says, the war is over. We lost. Hide. We then... Very unexpectedly, for some of us, go to Alderaan. Alderaan gets more screen time than it's ever gotten in any piece of media before. And we meet little Leia, who is a little scamp and runs away from her official duties with her droid Lola. Uh, She then, you know, picks out little starfighters, like Wes was saying earlier, in the sky and is eventually found out and has to go back and do some official duties. Back on Tatooine, Owen Lars throws the toy at Obi-Wan's feet and calls him out and tells him to stay out of Luke's way. And Owen says, you know what? You're not afraid for Luke. You're afraid if he shows, gives him a massive burn, and then stands up to Reva, who asks him where the Jedi is, but Owen is steadfast. Back on Alderaan! It's bail time, baby. Bail Organa, our lord and savior, enters the show, is an amazing dad... Uh, has a great party where Leia devastates her childhood cousin, and then Bale has to parent her by saying, good job, kid, but we still have to say we're sorry. Leia then runs off for fun, but is kidnapped by Flea of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Bale and Bria then call Ben Kenobi, their only friend, to say, hey, she's in trouble. You gotta take her back. Obi-Wan is afraid. He is no longer the Jedi he used to be and denies the call. Bale then comes to Tatooine in person and begs him to help. So Ben goes into the desert and finds a box featuring two lightsabers of Obi-Wan and Anakin. Reva is then revealed to be the mastermind behind Leia's kidnapping to draw out Obi-Wan because she knows of his relationship with Bale from the archives. And Obi-Wan, lightsaber in tow, heads off to the planet Dayu. In episode two, we land on Dayu, where Obi-Wan meets uh, a young girl who is Ewan McGregor's actual daughter. Very fun. And she tells him about a Jedi he can meet called Haja Estri, played by Camille Nanjiani, who is a con man, but is actually trying to help Force-sensitive children off-planet for a couple credits. Despite these falsehoods, Haja Estri gives Obi-Wan a lead to a Glitterstim warehouse where he goes, finds Leia, and after a little bit of a scuffle, takes her throughout the city. An APB goes out for Ben Kenobi. Leia sees this, immediately distrusts him, and bolts. During the chase, however, Obi-Wan has to use the Force, finally, to save Leia, but is caught in the middle of a firefight. Haja Estri provides a diversion to Reva and the other people to help Obi-Wan escape, but she gets Obi-Wan's location from his mind and confronts them at a cargo port, which leads to the Grand Inquisitor getting stabbed, and Reva proclaiming to end the episode, Anakin Skywalker is alive. All right, boys. This was a hell of a one-two to start uh, yeah. the series. So... As we go into it, let's let's talk about just the opening <clears throat> of the show. We had yeah. Order sixty six. We start out hot, and then we go to the Inquisitors. We're starting off very dark, and very evil. Uh, how did you like this particular choice to start out with this much before we even see good old Obi Wan yeah. Kenobi? Um,
0: I I do want to say because I don't know. Uh, when the listeners, you know, when you guys are listening to this, if you're listening to it, you know, very close to the release of Obi-Wan, or maybe you're going back and listening to this many months, years down the road, and for some reason care what, you know, the Living Force hosts have to say about this Kenobi <laughs> show. Um, but I do want to kind of tell the story of what it was like to get to see this as a celebration. Yes! Uh, I know it. we've talked about it briefly in the last episode of Living Force, but for prosperity's sake, I feel, sake, I feel like we should we should tell it. So... Um, you know, Eric, Wes, and I all had the privilege of being at Celebration and also winning the lottery for this particular um, panel, um, you know, for the first panel of the day, uh, which means that uh, we got to be given a special band that got us into a like, a like a stage later at night, and we got to watch this all together. Now, Wes, you did get to see this, correct, early? Didn't they show it on the other stages, too? Yes. So I
4: was picked for the lottery. So that is... It was a random drawing for all the people who were attending <coughs> celebration of the main panels uh, for the four days celebration was going on. And this was the main one. Yeah. Um, I did not get the celebration stage, which is the big stage mm-hmm. that had all the actors come out. You could see them live. I got a streaming stage, uh, which was done at a, in a different building, but...
0: It was just as good. It's like being just a movie as many- theater. It's a really large yeah, screen and yeah. stuff too. So Charles unfortunately did not get to go to Celebration because of his shitty doctor job. And uh, <laughs> you that's just what keep it is. reminding me, keep reminding me, <laughs> keep reminding me. I'm so sorry. And of all folks that you know, I I would have given my own ticket to give Charles to to get into that like in a heartbeat. So you know, I hate you weren't there with us, man. But I do have to say that getting to watch two episodes early, we got to see him a couple hours early than the rest of the world. Yep. Uh, John Favreau and Dave Filoni came out and said, "Hey, this is a surprise. We're going to let you guys see it early." And they really did roll out the whole red carpet. Literally, I mean, they had the actors out, and they gave us popcorn and drinks, and took us in, and they had we a got to watch wagon this. Cars yeah, all wrapped yeah. out with see, like Kenobi stuff. All the <laughs> costumes the they had all these costumes like out. And I stuff did not get. And-
4: I did not get popcorn and drinks and no. snacks. Well, they sucks. just uh, gave me a seat that had a
0: pad on it, which was fine. <laughs> we did not a, had pad had a pad on it. <laughs> <laughs> all right,
2: see that was we didn't get that. So Eric <laughs> that and I right. sat
0: with uh, I don't know what do you think ten or so you teeny members about or about eight, like, yeah. eight to ten yeah. folks. Eight to ten folks. We all watched it We were like, it at the top
2: of the arena because uh, when we Good got, seats. got in, we, we yeah we figured out like let's get uh, let's get all together. We wanted a main row because that was really what was going to be amazing about it, and you, and I'm so glad we did because. <clears throat> The ability to watch these episodes and then look down the road and be like, Oh my God! Oh my God, it's happening! Oh my goodness! Like, was, very, was, was a really very cool. intense emotional it's, moment.
0: Uh, it's the first time that any of us have ever watched, I, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, the first time any of us have ever watched the first episode, not even the first episode, a live, actually, the premiere. I've never watched a premiere of an episode with anybody, except for you guys in Asheville at one time. Yeah. It's the only time ever. So, to do that with a bunch of you teeny friends, like live in person with 5,000 people. That's going to stay with me for the rest of my life. That was absolutely the highlight of this celebration. Just as watching the trailer, you guys have heard me tell that story, watching the trailer of The Rise of Skywalker was my highlight of the last celebration. This was the big one for this. And the energy in the room was incredible. Wes, you even said, even though you weren't at the main stage, it was still nuts for you guys. Like saying the energy was just crazy and everyone cheers and it's really fun. And it was really cool. It was a good time. Um, I think... You know, to go back and answer your original question, Eric, I think my experience is gonna be somewhat colored by this glorious experience that we had, probably forevermore. Which yeah, maybe rightfully so. Rightfully so. But I will say, from a content perspective, I think this was maybe the strongest opening of any live action show we've ever seen. I think it was. Like it was just super, super good. I mean, like, It was shocking. Like we got all this stuff from the trailers. We're all in the first couple episodes, and then they threw in Leia, which was not in, (laughs) not in anything. Anything. I don't, I don't know about you guys, but that completely took me for a loop. I did not expect that even the slightest bit, and I wasn't even convinced that that was what I was seeing when they showed it on screen for the
3: first time. Oh yeah, Yeah. well yeah. yeah. I think also we have to talk a little bit about the fact that they open with Order sixty six, and they and they open it in that tranquil. It was like a tranquil moment at first, with all the young Jedi learning. Oh, yeah, their lightsaber forms. And then here come the clone troopers, man, and (laughs) and I think we all knew it. Like as soon as we even saw those little Jedi training, but it makes sense. (laughs) It makes sense to open with this. Like, how do you Uh do a show set in the time period immediately after this massive event? And yeah. and not have like it was it wasn't something I went into the episode expecting like oh they're going to show us Order sixty six but <clears> when it was happening in front of me I was like this this makes so much sense and it and it really does do a great job of setting that dark tone that you're talking about Eric yeah. because this this show I mean Revenge of the Sith is a tragedy this show is all the fallout from a tragedy and and right. we more or less see a hero of ours for quite a long time. Uh, fallen from grace and what better way to kind of set that stage than the defining moments, you know, from revenge of the Sith. So it it was pretty perfect to me.
2: And what I loved, especially about it too, is that we watching episode three, see the darkness kind of grow, 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 grow. So by the time we get to order 66, we've seen Anakin, chop off Mace Windu's hands. We've seen Palpatine give the lightning shot. Like, we have we know this is all going down. But all the Padawans in the temple had zero idea. <clears throat> right. And I think that's something that I've never quite mm-hmm. seen put in visual media, at least this perfectly, was, like, they're not fighting on Kashyyyk. They're not fighting grief. Like, even the, the, the good guys are fighting. Like, these Padawans were just doing very peaceful exercises and just kind yep. of living their lives as kids. And then all of a sudden, murder immediately. Yeah. Like that it was
0: dark that and scary shifted. too. Like yeah, it was, it was, it was a scarier version. I think of Order Sixty Six than we've ever seen before. I think it being in live action really helped. But like, yep, just the angles and like how she would like the master. I'm not sure who it was. The master would like re, you know deflect a bunch of lights here, both then grab a kid by the hand and like pull them through the next door. Like it just seems. It yeah. seemed very scary like parent yeah. trying to protect their kids like it was just sense very sense of urgency sense yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah Yeah
4: the the lightsaber like her blocking the bolt like all of that action and that like those lightsaber moves were it's something we haven't seen in even in episode 2 when they had the um when they had the the battle on on Genosis so yeah. like it was it was some crazy uh moves that they were putting in there and I really appreciated that. Yeah. 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 Just
0: that first 20 seconds.
4: That's yeah. It. What a way no, to start. I have
0: seen I have seen a lot of uh, a lot of thoughts online that there is a there is a a young black girl child in the group too. So There's a lot of theories yeah, online is. this is probably Reva and like maybe yeah. you know maybe it is. Like that would certainly explain her sort of anger. Uh we've seen this in Inquisitors before, particularly in uh Jedi Fallen Order, right? Like we saw a similar story arc where Yep. You know, someone was not uh, not really cool with the Jedi after all that.
2: <laughs> I mean, what a what a perfect way to to take that, and then let's let's just go with it because the next scene we get is the introduction of Riva and the Grand Inquisitor and Fifth Brother. Um, obviously, gonna take five seconds to say there's been some uh, royal horrific people that said awful things to Moses Ingram online. They aren't worth our breath, <clears throat> not worth our time, and Yud McGregor himself kicked him out of the fandom. Bye bye, don't need you. Agreed. Anyway, now that's gone. Um, <clears throat> These three coming out of this ship, uh, which is a Lego set I have already pre-ordered that's coming in September. <laughs> there it is. Uh, I was going to ask you about that. Oh, yeah. Oh, Oh yeah. Oh, uh, in, yeah. in your defense,
0: uh, <laughs> it is a really sweet-looking shuttle. It's black and yeah. scary and menacing. And it's fast. And, it yeah, comes in it looks, and lands,
2: like, quickly. Yeah, it does, yeah. And they start off uh strutting around. The Grand Inquisitor gets this great monologue off. About what it means to hunt a Jedi. The Jedi hunts themselves. That was really cool. And then Reva Mm -hmm. basically eventually says, eh, I'm tired of this, and throws a knife at a guy to to (laughs) bring out a Jedi. Um, So what did you guys think about the Inquisitors as a whole, and and more specifically, probably, like, Reva? Because she is really Mm -hmm. kind of the pseudo-antagonist for this series of the first three episodes.
3: Yeah, I I will say that uh there's been talk about oh, I don't like how the grand inquisitor looks or this that the other thing. I think he looks great. I yeah, think yeah. I think the performance has been really good. It is slightly different than what we saw, you know, animated, but I'm fine with that. That makes sense to me that it'd be slightly different. I you're absolutely right the monologue that he that he opens with is incredible. Yeah. I love his delivery of all of that. And, oh, so and funny. there's a moment in particular, I can't remember the exact phrasing, but he's like, you hear a lot of rumors in my line of work. Like, here's one I heard recently. And I was just yeah. like, Oh my, yeah. this is amazing. It was like,
0: scary and intimidating. And it was, it made it, it made it seem like everybody was very afraid. Like it, it yeah, was very, yeah, confident yeah. well, and, and it,
3: and it worked so well because not only was he using it to intimidate everyone in that bar and to, bring the Jedi out of hiding. He was also lecturing Reva in that moment. What's the most important thing about hunting Jedi Patience, and, and Reva, you know, showed that she didn't have it in that moment. And she continues to to show that throughout the episode. I find her very convincingly unhinged and, and just, it feels like no one is going to be able to control her. And that's probably going to be her downfall. I mean, I would assume so, Um, she just kind of goes a little bit too far, you know. Um, but I really like the performance so far. I like the not only the back and forth with the Grand Inquisitor, but the back and forth, yes, wonderful shot there. The, the back and forth with, who is it, the fifth brother? Fifth um, brother, yeah. Fifth yeah, I brother. like their dynamic that develops later on, that they're kind of in competition with each other as well. I just, I love bringing the Inquisitors into this.
2: Yeah, they they fit so naturally in a way that I never would have expected even a couple of years ago, and and I love you saying that about Riva because for me she is so like visceral when she gets <clears throat> angry and like she will sting people she will kill people, yeah. but she's also so controlled and collected in her vocal tones when she needs to be and, and it reminds me of you know it's it's the simmering pot that like the lid is on but there's bubbles that are. Right there. The volcano is like yeah. is right there. And it's like, man, if this explodes, everyone will die. And it's yeah. but she is just, No, I'm great. I, I'm i in control. I'll be your friend. Oh, I yeah. will cut your fingernails off. Like it's just like <laughs> I don't really know where she's gonna go. And I think the even the Grand Inquisitor doesn't sometimes, which makes her just so enticing. <laughs> especially once we get in episodes two and three. Like episode two. When she was doing the run on the rooftops of Daiyu, and it's like doing backflips and all these things, I'm like, yeah, yeah, oh man, you better run.
4: (laughs) Hardcore. Yeah, I I thought it was super interesting. Sorry, Corey, go ahead. I I I thought it was super interesting how they said that the Inquisitors were uh, former Jedi. Yeah, because this is this is ten years after um, Order sixty six, right? So I guess the they would have to be roughly eight. I don't know. I'm not saying you have to be an inquisitor. You have to be 18 to do that, but, <laughs> but probably. Well, listen, it is it is implied it
0: is implied later on that like uh, four great. sensitive kids keep disappearing, and it's sort of implied that they're being becoming inquisitors or being killed. I suppose, but yeah, that's kind of implied. What are the yeah. other? Yeah. I know. Yeah, I, I mean, thought Palpatine they were just... was
3: st- robbing babies from their cradles in yeah, the Clone yeah. Wars. I mean, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah,
0: no,
4: I I love I love did being- these. Yeah, did they come about and they say, "Hey, um I want to be an inquisitor. I want to hunt Jedi yeah. and I want to have to I don't want to be part of the the whole Jedi accord."
2: Now,
0: yeah. the the other two inquisitors are also fantastic. The funny hat guy, yes. he is very scary. Yep. Very Fifth scary. Yep. Brother who is Han <laughs> uh, <brother>? from <laughs> the <laughs> Fast and
2: <laughs> Furious movies.
0: Yep. Oh, I thought I recognized him from somewhere. <laughs> yep. oh, yeah, that's correct. Yep. Kang, yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah, he's really scary. And then the other girl with her like <laughs> she looks like the <laughs> devil, like straight up, oh, like yeah, with Yeah, uh I don't know what species more, she is, but she's got those like side like for, the head tail sister. things. Yeah. the tendrils. Yeah, yeah. She's a, the tendrils and later looks,
2: in, in the fortress, fourth sister, yeah. yeah.
0: That's right. She looks scary. Um, big fan of Inquisitors as a whole. Um, the you know the Grand Inquisitor seems very powerful and scary. When Reaver threw that knife and he didn't even move to catch it in the Force, was yeah. really cool. Big fan <laughs> of that. I love yeah. the use of the Force when it's casually powerful. I love that in Star yep. Wars, like when we saw Kylo Ren catch the blaster bolt, you know, in Force Awakens. Oh, like stuff like I that, that, I really love. Like when they would sort of yep. defy odds with uh with Force usage. Big fan of Inquisitors. I was I was sort of in the camp of his head looks a little funny. <laughs> there you go. There's that yep. knife shot. I was sort of in the camp of his head looks a little funny before the show, but I'm already I'm already <laughs> used to it. You know, I'm already used to it. So it's hard. We've talked about this before. It's hard going from animation to live action. I felt the same way about Ahsoka, but now I'm used to it. So yep. you know, here we are. Yeah.
2: And of course then we get their <clears throat> awesome scene. The Jedi leaves. And someone that does not have to go from animation to live action, but live action to yeah, more live action is the man of the hour. Of course, the guy we all came to see in the first place. No, we're not on Alderaan yet, you sillies. Uh, it is, in fact, Ewan McGregor. We see him. A lot of silence to start. Just a lot of, you no know, maintenance. He's, he, he's working a job. There's a gonk yeah. droid. He's on the speeder. He's in contemplation. <clears throat> Charles, start us off here, man. What is it? That makes Ewan's performance over these first few episodes, I would argue, more magnetic than anything he's ever done before. Like, I I, I cannot take my eyes off of him.
3: Yeah. Uh, oh, man, it's a good question. I just think that he has very intentionally uh, acted a lot without using his voice. Just like you're saying, there is a lot of silence. There, There are a lot of just small mannerisms that... Really clue you into how hopeless how broken this guy really is, like at this point in his story, and I think seeing these little moments like like when the uh foreman you know where he's working, you know threatens the the guy in front of him and when he gets half of his pay and then he threatens obi-wan and he you know he's silent, he's riding in the transport and he just has his head down and he's just minding his own business all these little moments then that are sort of counterbalanced with the quiet moments in the cave when he's asking for Qui-Gon's help and just oh. getting absolute silence. And th- and those are exact moments, I mean, basically pulled from John Jackson Miller's Kenobi. Like we saw, you know, the yeah. struggle to, to talk the with monotony. Obi-Wan and those were yeah. some of the most power- powerful moments in that book. So I'm really glad that we're seeing, you know, he wasn't already in contact with Qui Gon through all of this. Like he is very much yeah. alone, and like physically and through the Force as well. So it's those things. But another really cool thing I think that that Ewan has done is he's changed his voice a little bit. Like the cadence that he's that he's using is a little bit of what he's done in the past but also a little bit of Alec Guinness and you're kind of you you feel very much like you have one foot in both worlds and i've found that to be really helpful too so i don't know i i already thought he was the strongest actor through any of the prequels and yeah. i i just still think he absolutely blows me away every episode
2: yeah there's there's a uh, you know there's that old cliche of oh the camera loves you the camera loves you I think very specifically Deborah Chow's camera loves Ewan McGregor. I think that for director and actor together, they are a, a pairing honestly similar to um, like Ryan Johnson and Adam Driver in The Last Jedi. Like Adam Driver's face and mannerisms just attract to Ryan Johnson's style of shooting so well and that that Kylo slash Ben is so interesting to see in the way those shots are sculpted. And I think in Obi-Wan, I'm seeing the same thing. With Ewan's face, like wherever Deborah Chow puts the camera and focuses on him, it's always for the exact right amount of time. It's always exactly at his eyeline. If he needs to flicker his eyes just to do some emotion, because there's a lot of introspective looks that Ewan does yeah. in these first couple, he, it's never closed off. Even if he's looking down or looking around, it's still open. And I give Deborah Chow a lot of credit for kind of working around him to, like, give him that, I guess, freedom of expression. Yeah. <laughs> And like you said, Charles in the meditation in the cave. I find that absolutely mm-hmm. he can even be alone in a crowd, you know, which I yeah. think as he's around these people, you still never lose track of where he is.
0: Yeah, and I the, think, the directing and camera yeah. work is is incredible. I'm glad you touched on that. Like, just the shots yeah. and the long shots and the silence, and it really highlights the monotony. Like, he cuts an extra piece of meat at the end of his shift, and he showed that yeah. three times in the same episode. It's like, yep. it's just... It, they really did it without saying it. It really did a good job of showing that, that Obi Wan has changed, right? Like, yeah, it's he is different. Ben. Like
2: Ben is a different persona. Exactly, it really and is, and I never I got that. I think it to was,
0: him. yeah, and it was the moment when the Jedi in the bar. Uh, sort of caught him in the desert. Like, that was a little scary. Like, he came out of nowhere. It was Mm -hmm. dark. He was walking. He was alone. Obi-Wan got kind of scared for a second. Then the guy came out. He says, Master, it's me. And Obi-Wan refused to even admit to him that he is Obi-Wan Kenobi of the Jedi Council. Like, one of, like, 12 people, right? Like, 12 people is most important people in the entire... Freaking Jedi Order and he's just like he wouldn't even acknowledge it, man. And like no. that was that was the moment for me when I knew the show was gonna be really dark and heavy, and it really set the tone, I feel like, for the rest of the series was this moment when he pulls out the lightsaber and Obi-Wan just looks at him and he's like hide we lost like this is so counter to the obi-wan that we left in episode three completely counter completely counter to that right i mean he walked away from anakin as if he won right like he thought he won and
2: when he charged into the temple with yoda like Mm -hmm. he it was him and yoda that was it and like this padawan that escaped we don't know if he was at the temple when it all happened but like there's a possibility that he saw obi-wan and yoda triumphant and like, yeah. they were the only two and now he's mm-hmm. like oh i found you again you were the last hero i ever knew and after 10 years oh my goodness now you're telling me to give yeah. up like and, th- and yeah. then he's
0: dead a few a few minutes later in the yeah. in the city he's hanging yep. from the sign in the, or the yeah. in the city right. that was dark as hell and i was just like oh my god like in obi-wan like sees it and just kind of moves yep. on it's just like just this is this it. is different obi-wan and they totally nailed the way that he sort of left behind his empathy and his Jedi ways. And all that was very prevalent in the, yeah. uh, in the book, the John Dexter Miller Kenobi book. Yep. And this was very true to that. I feel like. Yeah. And even
4: when he was, um, when he was in his cave and he was uh, trying to meditate or he woke up from a horrible dream yep. and he was trying to, yeah. he was trying to get in contact with Qui-Gon and he wasn't able to. So that was something else that, that kind of floored mm-hmm. me. Cause I thought obviously Yoda sent him, more training to, to be able to commune with Qui-Gon and for 10 years. Yeah. We didn't get, we didn't get Qui-Gon. Yeah. Well, we get Qui-Gon
3: and it's important. It's important to, to remember that the the (laughs) 10 years, right? Because yes, it's never going to fully match up that, uh, you know, Ewan McGregor's luscious locks turned into Alec Guinness's migrating wig in in ten years time. You know, um, that, that is
4: a, that is a statement
3: that I would like to put somewhere. <laughs> no, that's but pretty good. but seriously, it, pretty good. it you know that'll never a hundred percent line up, and that's fine. Yeah, Tatooine has two sons, and it's harsh. And look at me, I would be destroyed by that as well. But uh, <laughs> I, I really think it's important to stress how alone obi-wan is how little yeah. interaction he yeah. has with anyone because even in those moments when he's home he he can't even get through to qui-gon and yeah. and cory and i can at least speak to what isolation does to people we we normally see that in like elderly people who become isolated and they lose a lot of their functionality, both mentally yeah. and physically, and I think we see both of those things from Obi Wan. Yeah. Not that he's elderly, of course, but you know that isolation would take a toll on you in all those different arenas of life. And and so later yeah. on, we do see him struggle physically, and I know we'll get to that. But we also see him struggle mentally, and all of that actually does check out for me.
2: Yeah, like his buddy is Tika. Like that, like that scene yeah. is so fun because he's like playful, but you know yeah. that.
3: In, in a core horse. part of
2: him, he's he's kind of hoping that Tika's gonna come by. Yeah. You yeah. know, because he's the only one that does. What which,
0: which add, that was a on great, that note, it was Charles. A, I, that was a great scene, by the way. The comedy was yeah. phenomenal. He was just yeah. like, you at least clean him before you return him to me, you know? That was fantastic. Yeah.
2: <laughs> that that costs extra.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that was hilarious. Tika.
2: If you're going to Robby, yeah. I mean, just and it's so fun. And that was absolutely the elegantness of it, as you we were saying, Charles. Like the cadence of it was so good. The comedy of it is so fun, and it shows how Ben has really become a person of the deserts there. And we go from now the most emotionally kind of, not stunted, but I would say, like, hurt, kind of closed-off person, to the most, I would say, emotionally open person in the show. The the second star, I would say, at this point of the show. We go to Alderaan. We see it in all of its glory, which uh, someone put on Twitter, like, had we seen... Alderon before I'm like, yeah, we get those five seconds at the end of Revenge mm-hmm. of the Sith when yeah. Bale brings baby Leia in. Great. We get a lot, a lot. of Alderon. Yeah. And we get it, we get that little fake out with it not being Leia. Um, and then we see her God. Oh god, this Holy this specks. plan is incredible. <laughs> it's really, really gorgeous. Yeah, it and is. And we get Leia having fun and I I just want to start this I wanna start off before we get to Leia just by Again, if you heard it on the last week's show, that's great. If you haven't yet, when Bale came on screen, <laughs> I'm not saying I had the same reaction to Charles when this show was announced. I It was one of the most joyous experiences of Celebration because we had no inkling that Bale was going to be in this show or no confirmation. We thought maybe for a mm-hmm. second, but we got scene after scene after scene. I thought Bale was handled perfectly. Jimmy yes. Smith still got it. <laughs> Best space dad. The the smirks, the fashion, the every possible thing. And I was just I was just so thrilled and blown away that we got Bale, Bria, and Leia in such an uh, <laughs> this clip makes me just smile so much. But he was he was just so incredibly handled and and I think we we gotta talk a bit about what we said earlier about uh about Vivian Blair being such an amazing precursor to Carrie. I mean, I, she grows up to be Carrie Fisher in nine years easily. And what do you guys think of, it was about her performance that made her <laughs> such a convincing Leia that allowed us to kind of get over the shock quickly enough to like get her into the story.
4: She had an that. attitude. Yeah, sure. yes! Yeah. <laughs> she has, yes. She has, she, she has the attitude Fired. to be Leia. She yes, has she such did. a great, she has such a great, yep. Yeah, she has a great personality. She she's very quick witted. I mean, if she's she's. I, I'm amazed. I, how old is she? That's. An, nice. I, I don't know she if would, I can put. Turned, I still can't put words in F- a
0: F- Oh wow! <laughs> so when
2: they filmed this, she was probably eight.
0: Yeah, incredible. Yeah, really, really good. And like, I loved all the portrayal of this character. And I was shocked by this. I was very moved when we watched this live, like seeing the the montage of going from the darkness of Obi Wan and Tatooine to the lighthearted music and showing the buttoning up of the dress and like, then it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's playful and it's fun. It was a beautiful. It was like turn. Bridgerton. It yeah. was like they're going to a it ball. Was. I was like, it yeah, was. Awesome. it was really, really, the music was phenomenal. And like changing gears to this was a very great choice. And I've seen a lot of talk online about like Filoni is really good at telling the, uh, what's it? The lone wolf and the cub Kind of stories. Lone Wolf is that, and Cub, yeah. Is it yeah, the trope? Yeah. yeah, Lone Wolf and Cub yep. trope or whatever is very good, right. but I love it. I mean, it's just fantastic. And uh, getting Leia, I mean, you're right, Wes, they, just, they totally nailed her. I mean, she's like just like sassy and sarcastic and funny and rebellious. Like, it's just exactly what I imagine Princess Leia of Alderaan to be. So yeah. I get it.
3: I think yeah. not. not to go too far down that rabbit hole, but the whole Lone Wolf and Cub thing. I think works particularly well for Star Wars because of how generational things are already within the story, like the Skywalker saga, but also the audiences, right? Because there are a lot of us who, you know, maybe are of the age that we're starting to have children or things like this. And Obi-Wan was our hero. And now, you know, we're seeing young Leia. And I'm sure that the young fans are identifying with young Leia in this show a lot. So, I think that's part of the reason it works so well. The other yeah. thing is, it's incredibly important if you're going to do that for the young uh, character, whoever it is, to be very strong. And like yes. Grogu took the world by storm, right? In, in Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. So, that, that was that. But uh, this. But also,
2: that actor was 50.
3: So, yeah okay <laughs> he looks that's young, true that's true I, <laughs> he looks young
0: we also have to we also have to acknowledge the risk of the writing by by the writing team to bring in such a a young actress like yes. star wars does not have a great history with 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 young actors yeah. and actors i mean it notoriously destroyed jake lloyd's life like in a yeah. really sad tragic way and in real life, and the guy, you know, has frequently talked about the trauma and you know the issues that he's had that he largely blames to being thrown into the stardom at such a young age, and like so that was a big risk. And they gave her a lot of dialogue; yeah. like she has a lot of dialogue, which yeah. is a huge risk to give ship an eight-year-old actor. Like, ship names, like she, and she, she mentioned yeah. uh, it,
2: might, it might be a ranger, which, which like she could be talking about like the the Rangers of the Republic yeah. show. Like she was responsible for a lot of the weight I, I've of had, show. yes I've had yeah.
0: zero yeah. complaints whatsoever about her the actress's portrayal of this character it's so utterly believable I mean, it's so unbelievable. I mean, if, if you wanted to pick a single piece of criticism that's funny to me, it's not even real criticism, is the chase scene where the bad guys are kind of chasing her. I've seen a lot of yep. funny stuff online of I've, I've seen some yep. really funny TikToks of people like acting like they're being chased and they're just like running really slow and they something falls over right in front of them, and they can't get by it, and it's really goofy yeah. <laughs> and funny. But like <laughs> it feels like it feels like a funny Star Wars trope to me. It doesn't even bother me. Like it doesn't feel like no. it's bad creativity or anything. It just feels like this is this no. is tried and true goofy Star Wars trope that has been around forever since the beginning of goofy stuff happening like the stormtrooper hitting his head on the helmet I mean on the on the door right I mean it just yeah. has that that sort of comedic value that makes it fun I think in a lot of ways so
2: Yeah and she had so much fun with with the physical stuff and also had so much fun with her wordplay especially I'm thinking at the party with the organas where you know Bale and Bria are trying to talk about what needs to be fixed in the galaxy, and people are like, I don't care, I just want to hang out and, and you know, drink your wine, eat your food. And her cousin comes <laughs> up and tries to talk a big game, and she just just devastates this little dude, Um, but also has a very real question about, like, you know, am I a real Organa? And I thought that was, that was a really interesting conversation to, like, put in the in the main light right there, because uh, obviously Leia being adopted by Bale and Bria is very public, Um, like, they never hid it from her. <laughs> Uh, she asked about her real mother and her real father and things like that. And mm-hmm. I thought that was a really nice moment to have where she can be proud at such a young age of who she is and who her parents are, but still have questions about that. And I think, you know, for, for folks, I, I have I have friends that have adopted kids or are adopted themselves, and I've talked to about this, and they said that really kind of struck a nice chord about being like, you know, that's Leia. That's the hero of the rebellion. That has these questions. And I think to, if you're a young kid, that uh has been adopted or has a good relationship with your adopted parents but still has questions about that stuff how cool that like now princess leia also had that stuff and she could still be strong and still be just as much a part of alderaan and that's where i think bale had his best moment of the series about being like you know getting down on one knee and being like you know you're gonna rule this place and that moment of you know i don't want to be a senator And Bale says, well, that's why you're going to be one of the best. that is Leia Uh to a T.
0: I will say, being at being at celebration, we uh we had some members of the Utini team who had children. Um, you know, talk Jared and and uh, Tyler and Emily all talked about this at celebration of what it was like to see such strong parenting, and that was really moving for me to hear their perspective on that. Like, it was really cool, really good parenting moments. The writing was very very good, the dialogue was very very good, and was very move- moving in a lot of ways. Like, I, I really enjoyed getting to see. Like Dad Bale. that was really cool.
2: Yeah, uh, Dad Bell just just he, he fills me up with so many no. so much joy. No. Uh, he has such a good time until <laughs> his daughter gets taken. He's naked.
4: the <laughs> yeah, he's the good cop in that situation. It looks oh, like yeah. Brea is the one that <laughs> that lays down the the punishment. And he's Doug. like, "Listen, make sure that you do you do something differently next time, but for now." It's 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 okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, good oh, job. I love you, dad just hanging on his leg.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I'm proud of you. Say you're sorry, but like kick his ass. Yeah. Good job. Like, just <laughs> great. And then of course you know leg gets taken, and and I and I, I like I I liked this moment, um because I think it was in an interview Deborah Chow or or, or you or someone talked about how they were writing the show and then they got to a moment where the whole show opened up because of one action. And I think this was it, because the question we've all had is, hey, what would actually make Mm. Obi-Wan leave Tatooine? What could ever make him do that? Mm. And I think that was also, obviously, you's question, Obi-Wan's question. Like, he says repeatedly, I can't, it's the boy, it's the boy. And the only thing that would be more important, or equally as important, is Leia. And I think that choice is so obvious now in retrospect, because Bale even says, she's just as important as him. You mm-hmm. can't pick one or the other. And he's, and Bale is also talking to all of us in the Phantom at that point. Like Luke and Leia have always been twins. They've always been equal. And I love that. And, and I, I thought that that choice to do that, to, to make that Obi-Wan's kind of call to action, make him sprung that way was really cool. So I want to ask you guys, what did you think about Obi-Wan's initial reaction to that call that, that literally when Bria, and Bale got him on the hollow, and we're like, "You got to get her!" And that look of pure fear mm-hmm. and and mm. denial happened. Like, what do you think about him literally? What is it, denying the call to action? That's part of the yeah. hero's journey, right? Sure. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it was very reminiscent of uh, Luke, is of like, uh, "I can't go to you with, go with you to Alderaan. I have I have things to do here." And what about Uncle yeah. Owen? And. and it's so far. The like, <laughs> I know. I I do love all the sort of uh, expositional around that that too, because like we got the the familiar sounding sort of calm signal that we've seen heard in Clone Wars and other Star Wars projects mm-hmm. before, and it was buried deep down in a box, and he had to dig that out of another box, and that was really cool to see just how far he's put this away, and like it really highlighted the fact that like Bail can't just call up his old pal Obi Wan, you know, like it's right. this is like a. You no know, absolute emergency thing. And then the dialogue in the writing was very beautiful too. Of Like um, Obi-Wan saying, no, I can't do this. Like, you know, I have to help the boy. That was what we agreed on, et cetera, et cetera. And, and he says, the girl is important too. Like, I mean, you can just hear the desperation in his voice and, and Obi-Wan mm-hmm. still refused. And it, it just goes to show like even highlights further, just how far, you know, Obi-Wan has kind of fallen. Right.
3: I mean, it's a different time. Yeah. Yeah. The fact that he walked away from that call, still having refused. Um it it surprised me a little bit because you know eventually okay, this is a TV show, like he's going to, you know, reluctantly take on this job. But and I thought by the end of that scene, you know, they'd probably be able to convince him. And the fact that he still said no and it took Bale coming there in person to really make that yeah. happen, uh, that that was really important, I think, to show us just yeah. how difficult it was going to be to pull Obi-Wan back into things.
2: Yeah, that was so important. Not just because we got another scene with Bale. Uh, that was a nice moment, though. I'm glad we did it. Uh, but him literally <laughs> looking him in the eye and saying, like, my old friend. Like, I'm coming to you not as a senator, not as a protector of the Jedi we agreed on. You are my literal friend and my daughter's gone, dude. Yeah, You're the yeah. only one I trust. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. I, th- I think that Obi-Wan has shut him off himself off from personal connections for his whole life to an extent, but really for the last ten years, hundred percent. Like that thing has not rang in ten years. Yeah. And he now is finally like, Oh, I had friends. I so was connected.
0: Wish the like
2: <laughs> I, I, I was thinking that too. <laughs> I was like, man, you really you really turned on that Game Boy color at that point and still had a save file. <laughs> but I liked that a lot. Um Obi Wan, of course, then we get that great moment of, you know, the he puts the cloak back and the lightsaber, and we go on to the ship. And then we did episode two. And we get Dayu, right? We've seen this planet in the trailers. I thought it looked as awesome as I hoped it would. Um, sure. Yeah, this planet was dope. Obi-Wan gets pure fish out of water. Um, so this one obviously opens so completely differently from the first one. First one, Order 66, darkness, isolation, all these things. This one is like, all right, we're on a busy planet, and it's mystery time. And we are just going right into it. So what do you guys think about this kind of initial... Landing on Dayu, because I'll say for me, it reminded me a little bit of like Corellia. This gave me very yeah. much solo vibes.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. me too. I was a big fan. Look at planet.
4: those two aliens right there that just look like. Uh, slug. <laughs> just
0: look like something. air vents or something. Yeah, like like slug people. They look like <laughs> Brindlewoods, <lids>, kind <laughs> of. Oh, yeah, they do kind of. Yeah,
2: maybe that's yeah. what the solo thing is for me. Maybe that's what it maybe. was. Maybe.
0: I love this. I yeah. love this planet. I mean, you guys heard me. I was most excited for this when we saw it in the trailers. The uh, cyberpunk planet. All about it. Yep. It was great. It delivered. I mean, it's seedy and underworld And it feels like we covered a large part of the planet in in a one episode. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't like we yeah. were just yeah. in one place. Like, we were moving around. We were in that guy's, uh, you know, the the sort of magician guy and his parlor tricks, right? With enclosing the vents <laughs> yeah. and stuff, not I with the force. S3,
3: Magnets, man. man. Parlor
0: tricks. I know. Man, that's good. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was, right? And, like, uh, we got to see that, and then there's some street stuff and hiding in alleys, and there was the rooftop battle and the running on the roofs. But we had a lot of this planet, which is surprising to squeeze this into one episode.
2: This is a real fast-paced episode, and, and I like that we had mm-hmm. all these different things that were combined in it. And I also like that we kind of got in and out in, in basically an, an episode. Yeah. Uh, I think if it was a longer season, like a Mandalorian type thing, maybe it would have been two episodes and you could have gone and dragged it out. But it really kind of flew by nice and quickly. And I like that we didn't have Obi-Wan and Leia apart for too long. You know, Obi-Wan is a Jedi master. Yeah, he needed some help here and there. Yeah, he needed to find Haja. Yeah, he needed to go to the Glitter Strip Factory. But eventually we we know the meat of the episode is the two of them and their connection and they're on the run. Like... Obi-Wan is on the run this whole series and I feel like as an audience we are on the run with him in the story like we are we are constantly trying to catch up and yeah. and be one step ahead of the episode ending and I thought I felt that in this episode <clears throat> quite a lot uh and I got to say straight up when he got to the glitterstim warehouse to find Leia and he put that thing on I'm like this is Walter White breaking back Star Wars. <laughs> like, yeah, I was like And and correct me if I'm wrong, guys, we've seen Spice on occasion, but have we seen, like, Glitter Stim on screen before? Like, these kind of, like, drug factories? Mm -hmm. I feel like this is the first time for this. I
0: mean, we've seen it in, uh, yeah, we saw it in, um... Uh, what was the the sisters? Oh. The two twin sisters, oh, that, nobody, sisters that people won. didn't really like yeah. in the last season. Of yeah. we, we saw that course.
3: chest of Spice get dumped yeah, yeah. out, too. It, it had this Boca powdery orange yeah. appearance, okay, right? Okay, that's right, he that's like right. This. Like
0: this. Yeah, he looks like he's wearing a ski mask here. This is in goggles. It was funny. Yeah. But like, <laughs> you know, like a chemist. I, I also wanted to say that I really feel like they continued this portrayal of Obi-Wan as a dark and changed man Like throughout this episode. It wasn't like, yeah. it wasn't like oh, we've accepted the, call, the hero's call to action. And now he's back to an old Obi-Wan, you know, we didn't we, we didn't blow right past that traumatic 10 yeah. years he had. He, this is still the same man. And I got to say, Obi-Wan is kind of a dick in this in this episode. Yeah, kind of to everybody Like bit. with that. Uh, the guy, I, I don't know what his name is. What's his name? The one that was doing the tricks and pretending to be a Jedi. Uh, Haja Hasha. Estri. Yeah, he was really mean to that guy. Like, he was like, he was. like outside of character Obi Wan, I feel like we've seen before. He was like, This is no business. I mean, no no funny business, straight to the point. You're going to tell me what yep. I want, or I'm going to hurt you, is the vibe that it had. And I was like, yeah. Okay, this well, is. Well, and then when
3: he went in the back dark room Obi-Wan. of the Glitter Sim Factory, too, I mean, in about two seconds, he was putting people on the floor. I mean, yeah. it was very, yeah. very aggressive and very kind of almost a personal, intimate level of violence uh yeah. you know like, with the hand-to-hand the stuff i'm like yeah exactly, exactly. yeah otherwise uh, i
2: did i did like uh so so with hasha Estri, absolutely that was like camille nonjiani the actor that's like what he does that's his shtick and it, when i when it started going i was a little concerned that it was going to be a bit too much mm-hmm. for me but i think they pushed it just the right amount because yeah. the fact that now we know because of what happens in the next episode and the end of this one that he actually was funneling those people to safety, like it wasn't just a con. He right. was just like making money, um, <laughs> while also helping people. I was like, oh, what a smart move. Yeah. Where he was eccentric, <laughs> mm-hmm. but not like just a dirt bag. And I'm like, oh, yeah. okay. I thought that made it actually a lot yeah. more palatable. Yeah. Um, it was kind of it was so kind of Obi- left in. The,
0: I haven't watched this episode twice either. It's kind of left in the dark. I think Reva didn't kill him. Confirmed, right? No, At the end? no. Like, she this...
2: just takes the the map from oh, the, yeah, the map. Okay.
0: It, Which I actually thought right? I expected she mind. would kill him. I did, too. Yeah. I did, too. It was interesting that, that she spared him. Yeah. Yeah. That's he was I a good character. Out. I was a little concerned about him, too. I thought it might have a little bit of the uh, what's the, uh, the the Rancor Keepers uh, uh, actor's name Mal- from Book of Boba Fett. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, Danny Trejo. Danny Trejo. I was afraid it was going to have Danny Trejo vibes where it's like, oh, they brought in somebody that's kind of well known and, you know, you've seen him in oh, a lot yeah. of movies yeah, totally. and stuff. And, but it didn't have that at all. He felt like he belonged in the universe. Like, totally. So big. Yeah. Fun. Big fan of that too. Oh. That was fun too. I love the idea yeah. of someone pretending to be a Jedi, faking force powers to move the vents and stuff. Like that was fun. Like we've <laughs> yeah. never seen anything yeah. like that before. I really enjoyed. She that. knew
4: she knew he wasn't force sensitive, yeah. and so he was an, just an annoyance. Yeah. So he, she didn't want to like you said waste her time, I and mean, she had other things to to fight. So like having him be there and as an annoyance to an, an inquisitor is is. It's not supposed to be funny, but it's funny.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, we get the main main part of the episode where Obi-Wan and Leia are reunited. Or united, I guess, for the first time, because he probably hasn't seen her since Polos Massa. Mm-hmm. Like, he yeah. has not seen what she looks mm-hmm. like. So he sees her, 10 years older, this child that he saw birth, knew her mother, Anakin's daughter, like, all at once. Very emotional, and then says, okay, we yeah, gotta go. that's a good point. And then, then they decide to hit us in the feels with the freaking Endor outfit uh that she puts on which is amazing and the gloves and (laughs) i want to ask uh charles i want to go to you first on this kind of emotional journey for obi-wan they have a lot of great back and forths and eventually he talks about her you know you remind me of someone that i knew and and what do you think is going through obi-wan's mind this whole first i guess day with leia i mean this is anakin's kid and kind of the living embodiment of padme and he just has to get her off planet
3: yeah, I it it feels to me like as reluctant as Obi-Wan was to actually take on the mission, he is also reluctant to form any sort of connection with Leia. Like he is very curt and and short and he's kind of barking orders at her more or less and um you see though you see some old shades of of Obi-Wan in that in that connection that he had with Anakin coming through, because you're right. He knows in the back of his mind this is Anakin's daughter, and yeah. he's Uncle Obi Wan, right? Like, I, I mean, that's that's who he was supposed to be, at, at least to this oh. little girl. And yeah. wow, and it starts to get through, and and he starts to unwillingly kind of form a connection to this girl. And it's partly the Anakin thing, and it's partly, I think, you know, that's that's kind of the charm and the magnetic personality of. Leia, even at this young age, and we see later on she's she's able to you know move the galaxy uh, against the empire and so that that speaks towards Leia as a character as well, but you're absolutely right that things kind of came full circle or came to a head when he made that comment about like you know you remind me of someone who I used to know, and weirdly enough though, I have to say that i only thought about Satine the first time that yeah, I watched the episode. A lot of people online, have yeah, seen that yeah, episode. which is like for I don't know. Partly I feel like shame on me, but partly I feel like uh, that that speaks towards how much the Clone Wars did for the character of Obi Wan as well. So
2: definitely, definitely, yeah. I I think that when he talks about that, the either Satine or Padme thing is interesting because it. I think it could be up to interpretation, right? I mean, they yeah. both were such strong forces in Obi-Wan's life. They both passed so tragically, and he feels responsible uh, for that to an extent. But what a beautiful moment for him to see that, in that moment, I think, if it is Padme. If it's and I think it's something different, <clears throat> but for Padme, at least, I think he's being like, at that point, doesn't know Anakin's still alive. So I think he's like, mm-hmm. I his daughter is okay. And Padme's daughter is okay. And their legacy will live on. Even though I've been in a cave for 10 years, even though I haven't been able to do what I want to do, I am watching this little girl kind of carry on that Padme voice in the setting. And then I'm like at, at at 10, you know, you don't, you don't sound like you're 10. Like Mm -hmm. it was such a great moment of that. And, And, you know, getting emotional before obviously gets way darker. Um, And then she immediately starts to distrust him, right? Yeah. She sees that the APB is out. Riva does that. And Leia's quick on that. Because as a 10-year-old, she's like, wait, did you know my dad? What was the password? Is it on you? Are you putting me in more danger? I gotta go. And I was like, yo. One, I would be so annoyed if I was Obi-Wan at that moment. I'd be like, (laughs) girl, I just need to get you off this planet. But pretty quick on her feet to, like, realize that that's a dangerous situation. You know? Absolutely. Oh,
0: but I... I love, the, I love the writing, too, all around this. She's very distrustful, and I love that Obi-Wan has that moment with her where he's, he says that line of, you remind me of someone, you know, she was strong and beautiful and whatever he says. It was a great line, and the writing is yeah. fantastic. Mm-hmm. Anytime Obi-Wan reminisces about the past, it is such yeah. a good writing, and yeah. really takes you there, man. It really takes you there. I personally yeah. also thought of Padme first, but I have seen a lot of people think about uh, – um,
4: Satine. Satine. online. I've heard a see that. I am, I am torn on that, so I was thought on both. I was like, wow, because it can work, you know, in both, in both instances, it can work. Yeah. So, yeah, they make it that way. So, I mean, because we didn't know that Leo was going to be part of the show, are they talking about Satine? Will they have a flashback where they show a Satine live action character. I'm sorry. I don't mean to. Ex- I love it.
2: Expectations. <laughs> Honestly, a little higher than they should man be, age. but you know, Hey, <laughs> <laughs> who even knows, man? I mean, it could be absolutely anything. And, I, and I love that, that go ahead, Corey.
0: I, I was just going to say, I, uh, I wanted to transition and talk about that combat scene before we move. Okay. That's exactly
2: where I was going. Take us right, there.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I wanted to talk about the the rooftop scene because we saw a lot of that through uh, the trailers, and we had a couple different things happening in this rooftop scene, right? We had the sort of Reva arc where she's like trying to pry information out of everybody, and then she figures also out the literal where they arc
2: are. as she was leaping across buildings. Yes, exactly. That's what I was gonna say. It's like <laughs> her
0: sort of trying to get to the action desperately was so well portrayed. I mean, it made Ooh. her seem like she was insane. Like, like she's so close. Yeah. Like, she's it's going gonna, gonna to slip like out of her grip. She's like, just kind of like yeah. clawing
2: her way towards these blaster shots.
0: Yeah, exactly. And then seeing Obi-Wan uh, wield a blaster was phenomenal, right? He's like against the dinosaur. He sauces yes.
3: some people, dude.
0: He does, man. And there was a lot of talk, you know, we are uh, you know expanded universe community and all that. Like, there's a lot of talk that this dinosaur is from, what, one of the Mind's Eye or something like that? Like, what is the uh, dinosaur? Oh, True Said Bakura. True Said Bakura. Uh, no way. Man. Yeah, like it. It's, it's, it sounds like a the way a, a character is portrayed in Truce: Bakura of being this dinosaur bounty hunter kind of guy. So that would be a yeah. great throwback if that is what that is. And he was also interesting and cool, and it was like he's fighting an alligator with a blaster on top of the yeah. roof, which was funny. And yeah,
4: I I appreciated how Obi Wan waited for he still waited, I guess, but he's he's using a blaster, he's not using the Force. Yep. He is a person to everybody that's on Dayu right now. He's not a Jedi, um, except for the you know three or four people that are chasing him. But, I mean, it's... I appreciated how they're still keeping him. Like, he doesn't... Maybe he lost his powers. Maybe he doesn't know how to use the Force. So, they, they gave us that sense of
0: wonder before he actually revealed yeah. that he still has it in him. Yeah. That was a good and moment, I mean, too. From the yeah. roof. And, like, when Leia was yeah. falling and he had to reach out. It seemed like it was a struggle for him to access the Force. That was mm-hmm. very yep. well portrayed. That was cool. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, they, they always talk about how, in in the in a lot of the books, especially lately, I feel like in the new canon, the, the talks about the Force and the Jedi are, on the light side, you just kind of open up and l- listen to the Force, and it's like a two-way street, and you're kind of asking for it and, like, letting it guide you and stuff. And I could really see in Ewan's performance in that moment, the back and forth, back and forth, he's, like, asking the Force, like, please let me grab her, please tell, like, please, like, he is begging the Force to work for him essentially you know he's he's opening himself up for the first time probably in 10 years and that moment of exertion when it finally works like he's like sweating he's barely trying so hard and this from the guy who used to just you know command the force at will in clone wars and live action like could do literally anything in the world it was so humbling to see this be such a big effort for him and in addition to obviously in the next episode we'll talk about other things that are quite a bit harder for him than they used to be but I love that Leia was the only thing that got him off planet. Leia is the only thing that would make him use the force again. Like she is the mm-hmm. conduit to make Ben become Obi-Wan again. Yeah. And it, it leads all the way until the end of this episode when Reva confronts them. And this beautiful moment of, oh, you remind me of someone. What a great thing. Gets completely ruined <laughs> by Reva finding her prey. And then Charles, I believe you put this in the outline. Talk about our our grand and quizzy here. So, the writers have said this past week, as if they needed to, but they have said, canon is canon. We did not, we are not breaking any canon. Essentially saying, watch the rest of the series. So. Yeah. Yeah. Is the Grand Inquisitor dead, Charles? Is the clone? Did the writers are they lying? And do they not care about animation and actually all the live action shows think the animation is lesser? Is that what is really well, not, happening?
3: Not the last one. But <laughs> it could be it. any of the any <laughs> of the first couple. I mean, you know, yeah. are is the Grand Inquisitor i don't know, are there multiple people of the same species and, and they replace them? Is he just gonna make some triumphant return? He knew what Revo was gonna do and and you know, he's gonna Metaphorically <laughs> stab like her, he's her fine, stabbing. She's fine. Look I, at that. I mean, Listen, Darth,
4: it's a flesh wound. Darth Maul got cut <laughs> in half and exactly. came back with spider legs. Exactly. Until
0: you see somebody's head you chopped off their body. I'm not convinced anyone's ever dead in Star Wars. I don't even believe that. <laughs> no, C3PO <laughs> got
4: his head <laughs> taken off his body. Oh, so.
0: true.
3: <laughs> yeah, I, but it but it was jarring though, and yeah. I and actually, you know when we take a step back and realize that the people who are making these shows know Star Wars. They understand it. Like they didn't forget about Watch what it. happened to the Grand Inquisitor <laughs> in <laughs> you know in Rebels. Um, oh, man. when you step back and think about that, you know, it it's cool that they did something like this because no one would have yeah. walked into that scene watching it the first time and said, Oh yep, the Grand Inquisitor dies here. Like, no, that was shocking. <laughs> and yeah, and we yeah. need those moments yeah. In the moments like Leia, in a series where you feel like, man, I know where these characters end up. Like, there there might be a lack of drama for that reason. No, they're, they're still throwing us curveballs. And that's really important, I think, to enjoy this show.
2: Yeah, completely agree. And then, of course, the curveball at the end of the episode that we all knew. But I think, at least I personally forgot that Obi-Wan did not. Uh, that not only is Vader alive, but Anakin Skywalker, name dropped, is alive. And then as he realizes this, comes to terms with it, the brilliant ending of this episode, I don't know if it was the writers, I don't know if it was Deborah Chow, I don't know whose idea it was, but as he whispers Anakin to have Hayden's eyes, BAM, change, and we just see Vader's scarred body, and that's how you end this. I mean, Corey, you want to talk about how it felt to be in that theater in the first two episodes. The second that those Ugh. eyes opened, five thousand people erupted.
0: Yeah, that was, insane. and I think
2: this this look at helmetless, scarred, absolutely fierce-eyed, angry Vader hanging in back to I know, man, was the perfect ending to that episode, and yeah. uh, floored <laughs> me, absolutely floored me. Yeah,
0: yeah, same. I mean, uh, this is hit really, really hard. The fact that we this is like. You know, all of us have been like, where's Hayden? Where's Hayden? Is he gonna show up? When's he gonna show up? Are they gonna show it in the first two episodes? And then to get that, like with all those people in the that huge arena was insane. I mean, it was a face melting moment. <laughs> yeah. Getting to see it's freaking Hayden hanging there, man. It's crazy. Yeah. crazy I need see. I need this. I need some
4: resemblance of Hayden as as uh, Vader hanging in the Bacta and just like his eyes opening because he called for Anakin and then I'm really pulling. I am really pulling for Hayden's voice without that mask yeah, on. Kind of that is really going to solidify
2: it for me. But yeah. yeah. Well, I th- I think we're going that way.
3: And I, I think we have to, or at least I want to bring this up too, because after I got over the shock of seeing Vader and just the full body chills, um, I said to myself, I'm actually kind of shocked how Obi-Wan found this out. I'm kind of shocked that Reva just threw out yeah. the name Anakin Skywalker yeah. because that's not something yeah. that right. is really I
0: know. Too re- yeah, I mean, it's know? not
3: super widely known, and it makes sense that maybe the Inquisitors would know this. Maybe it's like a hush hush thing that we no 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 we don't we don't talk about that you know, uh, or Vader will literally murder you on the spot. But yeah. it was kind of shocking to hear someone say that so nonchalantly, like Anakin Skywalker yeah. is alive and he's looking for you.
1: Yeah,
2: I yeah. think my my theory is that i agree that i think reva was one of the younglings of the temple in the beginning uh-huh. and i think she sees him cutting jedi down That'd be insane. in the temple and i think she recognizes him as anakin oh wow
4: i didn't i didn't go that far that's that's where i, I, know, I'm going I thought she was one no. she was one of the younglings and obviously one of the younglings would know of you know ultimate anakin skywalker the the uh the best you know general in the Clone Army, yeah. the best Jedi ever. I mean, of course she knows him, but watching
0: him cut down younglings. Yeah, uh, or maybe I'm, she. I'm maybe she sees him bow down to Sidious. Remember the security hollow that Obi Wan yeah, saw yeah, in footage. Episode Three. Oh, that's but right. Yeah, <clears> maybe she sees him. Maybe she, we get to see that. Would be cool. What if we? What if yeah, we get cool. an? What if we get an Ian McDermid, uh cameo? <laughs> that Why
3: would be. cool. Oh, oh,
0: he loves playing that. I, character. I know he does. He I wouldn't doubt it. It wouldn't surprise me yeah. at all if we got that. I mean. Yeah, I don't know. It feels like we're also sort of getting. I think that's another reason this show hits so hard for the four of us is that it feels like we're we're getting bits and pieces filled in for episode three at the same time in yes. live action, which yeah. is yes. wild that this is even occurring. Yeah, I,
2: I, I've I've heard a lot of folks say that you know the Mandalorian and, and all the New Republic shows. I love them, and they all feel very much new Star Wars. Whereas this show, even though it is the newest release. It mm-hmm. feels like prequels. This actually yeah. feels like Revenge of the Sith more than it feels like A New Hope, even though That's it's probably point. in the timeline closer to Episode Four. This yeah. still feels like that, even with the musical notes like from Natalie mm-hmm. Holt. It definitely feels more like prequel John Williams than original trilogy John Williams. And I really, I love just the vibe. So I completely agree. We're Makes getting sense. more of that. We get even more of it in Episode Three. Before we dive into Episode Three, though, we're going to do our recap and talk about that. We're going to take a quick couple minutes. We're, we're It's a big episode today, so hang tight with us, we're going to go refill, we're going to take a couple minutes off, and when we get back, we're going to dive into part three of <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi. Don't go nowhere. Alright, and we are back talking Obi-Wan Kenobi. We got some drink refills, I got a granola bar, because this is some work, y'all! Um, <laughs> I have loved these episodes, but how dare they release three episodes within a week of celebration uh, It's extraordinarily rude. But we are back, Chat and Obi-Wan, as we did with the first two episodes. Now we're going to dive into episode three. Uh, Corey, actually, had, you had the great idea to give it its own discussion, because I yeah. agree. The first two do kind of act like a part A. And B, this one, so much happened. So let's jump right into the recap, and then let's talk about uh, the return of Darth Vader on our screens, shall we? Oof. So we open up! Uh, With Obi-Wan dealing with the revelation of Anakin Skywalker being alive, as Vader's armor is assembled before our very eyes in a way we've never seen before, we then see Vader giving Reva the assignment to hunt Obi-Wan. And if she succeeds, she's going to become Grand Inquisitor. And if she fails, well, (laughs) we got plenty of Inquisitors to spare. We then go back to Obi-Wan and Leia, who make it to Mapuzo, a safe mining planet, safe, quote-unquote, where they meet Freck an Imperial bootlicker sympathizer. Sorry. <laughs> um, he offers them a ride. and uh, They try to hide from some Imperial patrols, but are eventually discovered by an Imperial probe droid. And troopers. And Obi-Wan has to take them out uh, with the help of Tala, a rebel agent who is from, quote, the path. Tala then takes Obi-Wan and, Ve- and Leia and shows them to a safe house. That's been visited by many Jedi, including the name-dropped Quinlan Voss. And on the on the wall was written "Corrin uh, Horn's dad." We'll get more of that in a little bit. As they prepare to leave to find a pilot to get them off planet, the Inquisitors arrive with Darth Vader himself. Leia and Tala go down the secret tunnel shaft as Obi Wan leads Vader away from the city and to their first meeting in a decade in a. Uh, but it's also their first meeting in, like, 17 years in our life. Obi-Wan and Anakin slash Vader clash with lightsabers as Riva discovers the hidden passage that Tala and Leia went down. Tala then goes to help out Obi-Wan, and Leia continues by herself to go meet the pilot to escape. Obi-Wan is taken down pretty handily by Vader, who just absolutely demolishes him in lightsaber combat and begins to burn him alive, quite literally, uh, before Tala intervenes and saves Obi-Wan for the time being. Ned, the helpful loader droid, and Tala both go to Obi-Wan and promise to get him to Jabin as Reva shows up to take Leia away after killing the pilot. Vader looks into the flames, realizes this will not be the time to kill Obi-Wan, and exits as well. So, guys, obviously, biggest moment in this episode: the return of Hayden, Vader, lightsaber in tow, finding his master. I am what you made me. Your suffering has only just begun. Oh, we're okay. Um, I don't know. Where do we start with the boss. I, that was neat. I love that. I, uh, like, <laughs> what? I mean,
0: come on. This Listen, was amazing. I, I said this, uh, I said this, and in, in we were talking about it uh, earlier. Um, never has a Star Wars project animation, movie live action, anything emotionally affected me as much as this episode did. Seriously. Like, I I walked away with this, like, for the full day, the next day after we watched this episode. Uh, I watched it on Wednesday, and uh, I had to work part of the day. It's an hour and a half commute, and I was listening to Brotherhood. I, you know, I was finishing up Brotherhood um, by Mike Chen, really, really great book, um, a lot about Anakin and Obi-Wan. And I just had this really heavy like, melancholy sadness feeling. Like, you know, you watch a movie or a TV show or something and, it like, maybe it's sad or it just leaves you feeling, like, kind of emotionally empty, I guess. I don't really know how to describe Mm -hmm. it. Melancholy is probably the closest you can get to describing it. I felt like that for the whole day. Just reflecting on... Obi-Wan and Anakin's relationship and like how far Anakin had fallen. And I, I I was like tossing around this question in my head for the whole day. Why did Anakin turn to the dark side? How is that possible? I mean, I know that is like the question in, in, in the Star Wars saga, right? The, the Skywalker saga is why did Anakin fall? That is the purpose of all the movies essentially. Right. Yeah. But like, there's something different about seeing evil vader and seeing him face obi-wan and it was visceral and violent and gruesome and like grotesque in a way that we've never seen before and we've we've just i mean it's been discussed and you've seen it in comics and you know there's the comic where vader is surrounded by all these people is like all that i see all that i am surrounded by is fear and dead men like we've seen the epicness of vader you know but we've never we've never seen like psychotic murderer killer Vader and this was scary and to see Obi-Wan's reaction to realizing that Anakin is alive at the same time as getting this violent gruesome lurim out I mean it, it just it affected me like heavily like yeah. for the whole day after mm-hmm. watching it and like I think the entire episode warrants its own discussion, like by itself, which is why I I said we should talk about this one by itself is because I just felt so emotionally impacted by this. But I do have to say I loved the episode. I loved the uh, um, the reuniting of Obi Wan and Anakin, and the way that the lightsaber combat was done, like the way that yep. we see uh hayden for a split second on screen earlier i want to talk more about that later on um but like just the transition of day to night was beautiful and for obi-wan to truly be facing vader in the dark was just such a beautiful touch and it was scary and you know, Obi vader dragging him through the fire never thought i would ever see something like that on screen it was violent most violent thing we've ever seen in star wars and it like messed me up for a full day guys full day <laughs> yeah
2: it was horrifying the- and, and real quick, Charles, I just want to touch I'm gonna forget this, but Charles, in our preview episode of Bounty Hunt, you said the moment you were waiting for was the time that Obi-Wan ignited his lightsaber for the first time. And I just real quick wanted to get you before we like go bit by bit on this episode, <clears throat> I wanted to call it your prediction, cause this was the moment. And I think it was in a much different kind of circumstance than we had felt, but did you get those same chills? Or was it a completely different kind of visceral experience for you seeing him ignite that bad boy?
3: It was admittedly overshadowed by all of the just sick and (laughs) twisted and dark things we'd just seen Vader do, to be honest with you. I mean, is it it still heroic and does it still look badass and did I still kind of cheer in the moment? Yes, but (laughs) at the same time, I think coming into the show, you know, I was still in my... just finished watching Revenge of the Sith. This is like the Age of Heroes. You know, I was still in that mindset, and uh, in the first two episodes, like we just talked about, really showed that this is no, this is a different Obi Wan. This is he's much closer to old Ben, crazy wizard hermit out in the desert than he is to that Age of Heroes Obi Wan. And so it was. It wasn't that triumphant moment. I was. I was scared for Obi Wan. Even knowing that he gets out of that, I was yeah, scared for Obi Wan in that man, moment. Same.
2: Yeah. What were you going to say before I cut you off there? Oh,
4: I was just going to um You know what? Oh, I was just going to say the uh the way the light yeah. played off of the played off of Obi-Wan's face uh-huh. and played off of Vader. Yeah. Yeah. The way that they I mean, look just completely bashed his face <clears throat> in blue mm-hmm. and then Vader was completely bashed in red. <clears throat> so they kind of they really played up the the hero and villain just yeah. by the colors that they showed yeah. and it it was really prominent whenever he first Trying to find this right part right here for
0: everybody. To it's see. like they like did with like Han her. and, he's just, and uh, yeah. Kylo
3: in uh, TFA, yeah. and how they did yeah, right with Anakin and Asajj, and I love that. was yeah. him looking through Costas. the
0: lightsaber with it being on on screen, and he's like trying to see past it, like. Like, it was just... It's scary. It made Vader so scary. Yeah. Look at this. You can see his lights. You see Vader... That's
4: all you can see. ...kind of blends into the back, and then when he ignites its lightsaber, you can He's see the full red. silhouette.
0: I know. Just yeah. cast everywhere. And, like, we, we got a little Look at bit the of... the shock on his face. I know. <laughs> we got a little bit of scary Vader in Rogue One, but this <laughs> was different, man. The way this he was, walked through that village yeah. and... Casually broke that guy's neck and dragged that person yeah. out of the out of the window and then dragged that lady through the street and then that 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 is like you know alongside then it, the camera flashes to Obi Wan and he's like hiding looking through the thing and you can't see it but you can hear the woman screaming as Vader yeah, is dragging yeah, her through yeah. the street that was just so violent well, and grotesque.
3: A lot of what we've seen him do has at least, it's, and this is you know. I'm doing some mental gymnastics here, but at least it's been military related. Like you mentioned that comics panel, you know, he killed a million people in that scene, but they were all rebel soldiers. That hallway scene, which I would argue is probably the closest thing we've seen to the Vader that we saw in episode three. Those were all rebel soldiers, right? But this was, he was casually strolling through town, just torturing, literally torturing and murdering innocent Innocent, civilians. I mean, it was grotesque. It was. Yeah, and it was yeah, the, the idea it shook of, me. It really I, did. Yeah. It shook
0: me to my core. And Obi Wan's reaction was beautifully portrayed when he sensed him yep. on the planet for the first time and like the sound kind of dampened and you couldn't really you could tell that it's like it's like somebody hearing a grenade go go ask why they have that you know how they have the portrayed in movies where it's like silent, they can't really hear anything. Yeah. Like there was that sort of sound yeah. effect and like th- then Vader's entrance, Wes, you just showed it. Like it starts with his boots, then it shows his cape, then it shows his gloved fist, then it shows his lightsaber. Like it was, it was a scary entrance. I've never seen Vader so well portrayed. Like they nailed this so utterly well of bringing in Anakin as Vader, man. And also the other thing I was gonna say, I said I was gonna comment on it earlier. We all felt like this is Hayden in there. Yes. Yeah. You yes. know what I mean? For the first this is, time. For the first this is time, Hayden. honestly. I can see yes. him in the suit. I can see Hayden. And uh, I talked about this earlier. I realized this. Uh, I We saw Hayden in a like Jedi robe earlier mm-hmm. for a split second. Right. Obi-Wan yep. had that sort of like mirage vision. vision thing, right? And it kind of freaked him out or whatever. I think, I think that creative choice is what made me visualize Hayden in it. Because I saw him first. I saw him in the episode before I saw Vader. Yeah. So like... Like that, in in turn, with all the marketing and everything, I saw Anakin in the suit and not not you know David Prowse yeah. or whoever. Vader was always kind of this robotic person, right? Yeah. I think in in the past this was different. It felt like Hayden, for sure. Yeah.
2: And I think the the horrifying part about that we realized yeah, that yeah, there is that there is that clip of actually Hayden Christensen in the Jedi robe, subconsciously seeding into both <clears throat> us and Obi Wan what we're about to see. And I think the psychological implications of this for Obi-Wan are devastating for so many reasons. The first one being, one, I've lived with the guilt of killing my brother for a decade, and I didn't. Yeah. Two, it's somehow worse than if yeah. I had. And I think that like, those combined would shatter anyone. And then having to physically like, use a lightsaber again which I love that he got his ass kicked because he hasn't used one in 10 years, he and held it's it. still Anakin. It's been, it's been buried yeah, in yeah. a
0: yeah. flipping yeah. desert. He told that other Jedi like, to take it and toss it out into the desert. Like, he hasn't held the damn thing <laughs> in 10 and years. He, and he's like
2: he's horrified, yeah. like, by Vader, who has been doing nothing but killing people with it for 10 years. And I mm-hmm. and I think the brilliance of all of the stuff with Obi-Wan finding Anakin again is that he is still trying to be a hero because mm-hmm. his, his main objective is still to protect Leia. He's still trying to protect Leia, even though he's trying to reckon with all this stuff for the last ten yep. years. Still realizes Anakin. The, the the question of what have you become is an earnest question. He's mm-hmm. like, I have no idea what I'm looking at. I have no idea what this beast is. What is
0: this? And yeah. did
2: I do this? Mm-hmm. Are you gonna kill her? Do you you have a daughter? Do I tell like it's all these things? That yeah. he never quite knew. He has to hide
0: that stuff, you know. That's been just in the forest, right? I mean, you can kind of yep. learn stuff through the forest, right? So he's having to deal with all that at the same time. Like, it was just a lot of emotion in this episode, yeah. and I feel like they totally nailed it. I'm like getting worked up thinking about it. Yeah. Like, like yeah. It's, it's really yeah.
4: like seriously. Anakin has has been thinking that Obi Wan left him there to die. Like he could have helped him. Yeah, he could have yep. drug his charred ass off the, you yep. know, off the, the the melted lake there. <laughs> but he left him there to die, yeah. and he's been thinking that for ten years. He he's hates like, him. he never yeah, helped. He me. Absolutely he hates, hates me. He
0: hates him. Like yeah. that was well, Anakin's he... last words to him, right?
2: Yeah, you cut off my legs. You are the reason I had these. You are the reason. Wait a second. you Put me in fire. You're the what reason. Was that I had what was his last words? What was his <laughs> last? <laughs> fire,
0: Thank you. There you yep, go. that was it. But that Sorry. but I that in an moment, apartment, now. I'm gonna have to keep that shit down, you know. To... Anyway.
3: But that moment, y'all, when when we realized what Vader was intending to do, when he ignited that fire, my jaw was on the floor. I was like, this is the most twisted it. thing. Like because I mean <laughs> Yeah, what Obi Wan did was messed up to him. Of course, it was, but he deserved it. He was, he was evil. He was so evil. Yeah, it was on a
0: lava. It was on a lava planet too. It was right. And it was uh, casual. And Look how slow he does it. Yes. Right. He like slowly uh, lights it with the. And lightsaber. he didn't.
3: He didn't light him on fire. He didn't burn him intentionally. Obviously, that's what happened. But like he, you know, it was, It wasn't his plan to throw him in the lava. This was so. Just attention. premeditated, and you know he is—he has is pictured this exact amount of uh, this exact act. <clears throat> he has probably pictured daily since the last time that he saw Obi Wan. It's just horrid.
4: Yeah, and fuel, and probably fuels his power as a Sith To make him even stronger. Yeah, right? Yes. This is yes. the alternate thinking about doing that
2: for the Revenge of the Sith video game. Like that's it literally is. what he did. Yeah, yeah
0: that's right. And, and
2: so I, uh, it—it's so visceral and horrifying and, and, and and before we go even further down this to, to the ending of it, how he gets out of it, I actually want to backtrack a little bit because I want to talk about Freck for a second, guys. Okay. Uh, Freck is such a fascinating character. Mm. Mole man bastard. <laughs> and, uh, who, uh, for, for your scrubs fans out there played by Zach Braff, um, did not know, but it, the voice was bugging me, but yeah, he got to be in star Wars and this character for me,
0: the worst was I, I hate this terrifying. It's uh, such a. I, I would have liked to say, "Guy, though, I wish, right? I wish Vader had burned this guy through the fire." Like, he sucked. I man. completely. <laughs> so
2: this is the guy. This is, I think, the most the most relatable <clears throat> terror to me because this is the guy yeah. that's like, "Oh man, no!" Like we all just love the Empire, right? I'm yeah. just trying to be a good yeah, citizen, yeah. right? Like you're mm-hmm. not one of the bad ones. Like this, yeah. this is the, this is the 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 fascist Nazi guy that's mm-hmm. just like, "Yes, officers." like this is the terrifying guy cuz yeah, he will right. rat you out. He will rat out his neighbors, he will rat out anyone to get in good with the the totalitarian <clears> government <throat> and he has that homemade hand painted imperial flag on the back that, that uh, someone shot. put it on Twitter it or uh, it's like that it's like a, the Confederate flag on the back of a pickup truck like it is the exact same kind of vibe that's like ooh <clears> you are you think you are in the right and and everyone <throat> is going to applaud you And obviously it doesn't work out for him, but, like, I love the the insertion of this character and his temperament because it was the most kind of realistic... View. I was afraid. Of what I was afraid like.
0: for Obi Wan in this situation because this guy, yeah. he was like, I don't trust him. Like he seems yeah. really yep. scary. He looks like a rat too. He's got like rat teeth. And <laughs> Literally, <he's>... I know. <laughs> he's the worst. Yeah, it's. Uh, I hated this guy. That was a cool shot though. I, I love that that analogy with the flag and, and, and thing. Like it's a. Uh, that was a cool shot when they Obi Wan like kind of paused and hesitated yep. when they all got on board. He's like, oh shit, like, I don't yeah. know I should trust this person. Like, and it's the only car we got. I <clears throat> guess I didn't.
4: I didn't, it, I didn't take. Th- I didn't take that that was a homemade flag. That makes it even better. Like he's like really trying to be part of the empire. Yeah, yeah. he helps them whenever transport broke down again. Oh yeah, just like always. Yeah, helps the stormtroopers to their next checkpoint. Uh So
0: yeah, yeah. If you've ever if you've ever seen a if you've ever seen a kind of a like a Holocaust movie like like The Pianist or Schindler's List like it has those types of vibes. So people are running. They don't know who to trust. And like there's this there's a sort of constant lurking fear. Is this person that is part of this complex system to try to get me to safety? Is this person trustworthy or is this a scam? You know, am I about to get killed? Like, it's just terrifying. Like it's just makes your palms sweat the whole time. You know,
2: it's also so interesting that Freck is an alien because we all know that the empire is, is very xenophobic. Like they hate aliens. So this is the guy that's like, dude, these people hate you. But Freck is clearly so convinced that, like, well, if I turn over enough bad people, then I'll get to be a stormtrooper or something. It's like, bro, you will never be yeah. a stormtrooper. <laughs> yeah. They they think you're gross, but you provide a service. And I think that's also very – like, to your point, Corey, in those movies, there's always that character as well. Who yeah. is, like, the hated party, but they're, they're the turncoat. And it's just yeah. like uh, – it just churned the stomach while also showcasing even more how quick – Like, Leia is in this moment. Like, she was spouting off their story, and, uh, you know, their their (laughs) cover story worked
0: out. Uh, She nailed, again, by the way, the actress, freaking, like, 10 years old. The dialogue was delivered flawlessly. It was such beautiful Mm -hmm. storytelling, and, like, the writing is excellent. Her delivery was excellent. I really loved all the moments between... There were some... There were some kind of tender moments in there, too, of, like, Obi-Wan yeah. saying, like, Leia, that was her mother. And he's thinking of a Padme. Like, it's obvious yeah. that he's thinking yes. of Padme in this moment. And, like, uh, it was good. It was and good. And her
3: question of of, did you know my mother? I know. Or, and, and, or no, she asked him, uh, I think you said that. she asked him,
0: she asked him point blank, Are you my real father? I was like, Holy <laughs> shit, that is the heaviest thing. Yeah. Like, she even, she even, she wants to know and feels something maybe in the forest between them. Like, is, yeah, yeah. are you my real father? Like, a oh, holy crap. I could not believe they threw that in there. That was such a good dialogue.
2: Yeah. And someone made a great point. I don't know if this is intentional or not, but obviously Leia's outfits, costuming-wise, have been going through the trilogy. You know, She starts in the white and then goes to the, the red for Empire and then goes to the Endor. But her braids, in this moment, her braid is down in a similar way to a Padawan braid, to a Padawan rat tail at this point. Mm. As her hair gets slowly undone, she's becoming more of a Padawan and a learner of Obi-Wan. And yeah. I love... <clears throat> That the thing she's picking up on him that eventually this all leads to a new hope when Luke Skywalker says, I'm here with Ben Kenobi. And she says, Ben Kenobi? Like, she knows Ben mm-hmm. because of mm-hmm. this now. And I'm like, oh, you are was on your way to trusting him <clears throat> with anything. And, yeah, okay, yeah, Angelia, right where we're going next, we mention in this, or Obi-Wan mentions in this, that he remembers some things about his
0: childhood, <laughs>
2: Because yeah. Leia's like I can't remember my mother, and Obi Wan's like I right. remember oh, yeah. shawl. Yeah, and I had a brother.
0: Yes, I can't believe Whoa. they just casually dropped that in here. That was interesting. it would be, it'd be Obi- funny. too It would be cool if they gave uh, <laughs> if they gave Ewan uh, McGregor's actual brother a cameo. <laughs> that would be yeah, so Yeah, the funny. fighter pilot. I would <laughs> yeah, love it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. this uh, that's the fun non Star Wars fact for anybody that doesn't already know it. Obi Wan's brother is in like the Royal Air uh, Air Force or whatever it's called, and uh, his call sign is Obi Two, which is fantastic. Really. Yeah. Br- in real life, like in real yeah, life, yeah, that's cool,
2: yeah. So, I, I love all that, and then of course, we, we get the, the great fight, which we oh, I thought was gonna be the brutal thing of the episode when the stormtrooper gets like bisected by the laser wire. I'm like, that was awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah, apparently, uh, Obi-Wan has been uh practicing with the blaster because he utterly kicked ass in that Yeah, scene. He didn't like, oh, yeah. miss, he didn't miss, miss. I know. yeah, like,
2: <laughs> it's uncivilized, but I still know how to use it. I mean, he's sharp shot grievous, you know, so that's like true. he knows how to use that thing. But then they get picked up by Tala. The guy got I cut in half, too, this. by the
0: way. We didn't mention that. The guy, when he fell yeah. over, the, over the... Yeah, over the laser one, Yeah, cut yeah. in half. Glorified. That was yeah. amazing.
2: <laughs> Why not? And Leia's like, I'm 10.
0: I'm, <laughs> 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 I'm 10. I, I did like that she was kind of shaken by the violence, too, though. There were some moments afterwards yeah. where she was like she was. really kind of messed up, and Obi-Wan had to kind of take over again.
3: She never Which saw that like, on Alderaan. Coided.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> no. then uh then that then that other lady showed up. What's her name? Yeah, Tala. 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 Yeah. yeah, great. Character.
2: I I loved her uh, a game the actress from Game of Thrones. Um so love seeing her again and I really enjoyed the, you know, I mm. I didn't didn't need another like Ex Imperial. I loved that it was all a cover from the start and she introduces us to now the path <clears throat> of these people that have been funneling kids for years. And what I loved about it specifically is Obi-Wan Seeing it, realizing it exists, and I think guys, I think he feels guilty that he hasn't been a part of it and that uh, yeah, he maybe could have helped that. more kids.
4: Yeah, for sure. Cause I mean, if he'd have been able to help well see that's the thing. He's he's always been fixated on watching Luke, making sure he's okay until he starts showing that he's has he's force sensitive. Right. He's under the impression that that um Owen is gonna be okay with him just being trained to be a Jedi, and then even though Owen has seen the the heartache and all the pain that yep. the Jedi and he, and the Empire have caused, he doesn't want that for his new son. Um, <clears throat> even though he that's his.
3: That's his well, name. and I think it's important too that Obi Wan it seems shook when he saw this when he saw these names on the walls, and I and I agree with what you're saying, Eric, but it also it's interesting to think about the fact that he saw this and then he continued on thinking no Luke is the hope Luke is the hope Luke is the hope and I think it, it's sort of a human thing to when you've committed time and effort into something you want to believe this is this is the choice this is the only thing yeah. that yeah. makes sense this is there is no plan B like this is it so it makes sense that he sees this you know he has all of this experience with Leia and somehow still goes back to thinking to, you know, saying this, the boy is our last hope and Yoda having to say, no, there, there's another, you know, because um, he's already he's already spent a decade on Luke at this point. So he yeah. he sees this and I think it impacts him very deeply. He You can tell, you know, as he's as you're showing us, as he's touching these names on the walls and he's remembering some of these people like Quinlan, he, he ultimately rejects that. You know, he's like, no, this can't be the answer. It's still it's still Luke.
2: Yeah. yeah. That's why I'm so excited to see what happens on Jabine now in yes. the next episode. I which I assume is where we're going. She's like, we gotta get him to Jabin. Mm-hmm. I'm like, cool. Is Quinlin Voss gonna be there? Or is someone else gonna there? <laughs> I can't be believe they cause... named her Quinlin
0: Voss because right. like that character has been he's such a fan favorite, and like yeah. I didn't realize that he wasn't uh he wasn't like a real character like until well after Phantom Menace, right? Like no. he was yeah. made like, there's a the character in Phantom Menace when, when Saboba meets Jar Jar and there's the whole scene. There's this guy in the background he's got the face makeup that, you know, Quinlan yep. Vos has. Like, yeah. that character was built from that. Like, that was a retcon. It yeah. wasn't, it wasn't, hey, that look, there's uh. Quinlan Vos. Like, that was the original character and they were like, hey, let's make this guy a Jedi and yeah. make him doing undercover work on Tatooine and now that whole story has been developed but like when Phantom Menace came out, that wasn't like a Jedi named Quinlan Vos. It was some random yeah. background character. Well, right? and there, so,
3: are, there are episodes of Clone Wars with, Quinlan and Obi-Wan yeah, working side yeah, by exactly. side so yeah, maybe exactly. go back and watch those the hot and they don't really get along either
0: that's why it's <laughs> no, so fascinating well, no. and I'm also just saying
2: O'Shea Jackson Jr. who is Ice Cube's son is in three episodes of this show and we have not seen him yet
0: that's true
3: and if you oh, want dang.
2: someone with some swagger
3: yeah I've, and I'm, I,
2: who knows and I think
3: we're a hundred percent out of all the footage that we saw in the trailers like, I think we've I think We've seen I all of so. that. Yeah, we've so, seen, we've so seen
2: Fortress Inquisitorious now. Yeah, yeah. so seen, everything uh, moving forward uh, yeah. is going to be yeah. new.
0: Let's talk about the I other mean, names really quick, too, that are on the wall, because there are two yeah. more. One of them I don't think is relevant. We don't know who that is. But the other one is Halcyon something, which is famously the name of the Jedi of, Quin- of uh, uh, Cornhorn's father.
2: <laughs> Cornhorn's father's name is on there. And the what? little boy who gets saved by Haja Estri. In the previous episode, is listed in the credits as Corin is yeah. literally the kid's name. Oh, Corey! So the fact of that mixed with this means there is a, I would say, higher than fifty percent chance that, that, that they are Horn. telling us that that kid is Corrin Horn.
0: <laughs> I think it is, and I think we're going I think they're setting us up for Corrin Horn to be in the uh, Rogue Squadron movie, which is fine with me. I'm totally fine with Corrin Horn as long as they make him like less of a. A, yeah. I think a be chauvinist, <laughs> misogynist. As long as they make him yeah. like a normal, decent person instead of talking about all the women that he meets seductively, like, come on. Yeah. Like, as long as they make him a decent person, it's fine. He needs better yeah. character development I'm than sure he in the do. X-wing books. I'm listening to the second X-wing book now, like, uh, like the audiobook or whatever, and uh-huh. he is just as obnoxious of a character in that. I- I'm really shocked that he is as much of a fan <laughs> favorite as he is. I think he has to be. In nostalgia you know on the record i still yep. don't like cornhorn Horn. let's just keep going with that <laughs> but he's probably back sounds he probably like he's is. back i cannot believe it what a <laughs> what i'm not sure that there is a more obscure not not obscure i mean i mean that is the right word a more obscure kind of quote unquote main character from the eu that they could pull into live action and stuff like we got we got the uh mm. we got the wookiee guy right uh we got black chewbacca yep. right that's quite the pool but to pull a named character from Legends who's a Korn fighter Horn. pilot, that's quite the stretch. Yeah. And I cannot believe Vaylin, it.
2: Halcyon. Who, who would you
0: pick?
4: Who would you pick in his place if it wouldn't if it wasn't Mara Horde. Horde that they had?
0: Marjade, no question. Marjade. Oh. Yeah. I would take Mar over to
2: After a, a quick little Google here, there's two others apparently um that got seen. This is again, I'm just Googling. Thank you, Jimmy Wang for subscribing. People look at the Arabesh here. Um there's also two more apparently. Uh is Ismarin, uh, who is yeah, an Alderanian. Was uh-huh. Yep. And then Jin Altis. Was also
0: uh, yeah. Was also I d- found. I didn't recognize the other two names. Uh, there's there was a lot of talk about uh, about the whole cornhorn thing in in our community, as you can yeah. imagine, because of my famous hate of <laughs> <Yeah. a> Jedi. <laughs> it, was pretty, it was pretty. It was that was cool. <laughs> that was a cool. That was a cool touch. I also, you know, to get us back on track here, I also really enjoyed Reva being so visibly upset that this thing existed. Like she seemed to realize um, immediately what this was, right when she mm-hmm. came through the room, and yeah. that was cool. That was really cool. And I also very much yeah. enjoyed the droid. Um, Uh, as well Ned Ned the loader the loader droid I 100% thought it was the Master Chief and I forgot what show I was watching for a minute (laughs) Uh, when they he showed him gonna, from behind I didn't, even, I didn't even put
2: that
4: listen together, when they showed him from true.
0: behind he looked exactly like the Master Chief from Halo 100% <laughs> yeah.
3: exactly oh, like
0: him
2: you mean when he was holding that hammer ready to absolutely murder yes! people
3: with a
0: blunt yes! weapon that was great I was really hoping he was going to smash uh, Stormtrooper's head with a hammer I was really hoping he was yeah that was, I was, that was proud was of badass. our boy and Caitlin my wife so astutely pointed out that the droids have truly been involved in the rebellion since the beginning all the way back yes. to R2 carrying the Plans for the Death Star. Like, that's such a cool pool that, like, droids are even in this early underground stuff. I mean, this has all got to be connected to the rebellion, right? That's what it's implying. Yeah. 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 Yeah,
4: Droids save the day and they saved the lives of the Jedi, of people, of Sith. Over and over again. Everything. If the droids went around, there'd be a shorter story. That's what Lucas
2: always said. The droids (laughs) were the hero. R2 is the hero of the story. That's right. You know, R2 3PO started. Yeah, I I loved his involvement in there, and I mean, <clears throat> he, and literally at the end, he's there as well, lifting Obi Wan off the ground after this, this giant fire blazes off. Yeah. Um, and I mean,
0: let's talk about that for a second. Uh, yeah. Darth, why that, did Darth Vader? Uh, that was an interesting story uh, progression that Darth Vader yes. let them leave. Why I agree. did that? Because he did. He let them leave. Yes. I think that has yeah. to be the. Like the only way to think about it, there's no way that that he didn't just like walk through that freaking fire, man. Like and go get him. Like, why did yeah, he I, do this?
2: I think for, for me, for me at least, his goal is for Obi Wan to suffer, right? Mm-hmm. I think Obi Wan suffered in there, and I think this <clears throat> would have turned into a battle. And I wonder if there's a possibility of like, if we go now, a stray bullet hits Obi Wan and he dies, and I don't get the satisfaction of that so being like you know what let him sit in his torture and his suffering for a while i found him now i will find him again give the shot you know vader never vader is patient i think that's the the grand inquisitor says right hunting is patience vader is a patient well vader has probably taught
0: the grand inquisitor how to hunt jedi right so like exactly you know um, you know Anakin did famously say in episode three, I say patience. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the one yeah, time in his whole life. Exactly. <laughs> yeah.
2: I also think there is a moment in that clip you just showed, Wes, where Vader looks in the fire. I don't think it's full on like a PTSD moment, but I do think that Vader hesitates a little bit more than we'd think before going into fire. I yes. I, I, I think there is Turned a moment of that. You ever had food um,
3: poisoning, and then the next time you see that food, you're like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> that, that's I'm what still
0: a so little iffy about food trucks right now because of my last experience <laughs> yeah. in Nashville. So yeah, yeah, for sure. So
4: yeah, letting letting um, Obi-Wan go is, is probably calculated to where that's, that's going to screw with his mind the entire time yeah. until they meet again, yeah. right? Yeah. That's just going to Keep him awake. It's not, He's not going to get any sleep. He's going to be thinking, oh, my God, why mm-hmm. didn't I save Anakin? Or why didn't mm-hmm. I try to
3: Yeah,
0: I don't know. is this the apprehend end? him, at least, not really save that's, him. that's a good question that you kind of made me think of, Wes. Is this the end of Obi-Wan and Vader in this show, you think? Nah. No. You don't I mean, think so? I well, mean, that's the
2: thing. <clears throat> Maybe. I don't know. I assume it's not.
0: But I assume it's not. As I well. assume it's not. I assume it's not as well. I, I will say, you know, managing expectations is really hard for, you know, prequels that are kids <laughs> like us. Really hard to manage their expectations properly. I, I will. I will say I'll be a little disappointed if we don't get any more Hayden and Vader, like true Hayden. Yeah, I, th- I think. Uh, I, think yeah. I think. I think. I really want to see that. I want to see Hayden without the suit on. Like seeing him and you know, and Ewan's just like standing ovation and celebration was so oh. meaningful to me like it seems like yeah. they've really come around to the idea that that the fans really did love them and and all that so i hope we get more hayden i really want to see more hayden <laughs> please get yeah. more me too i uh, think but it's likely I, I, think, th- uh, I think that
2: reva is definitely going to take like the charge on the hunt now mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. i think that vader's going to be there and and i i am still holding out hope that will not be destroyed mm-hmm. if it doesn't happen but i do think some kind of clone wars Flashback, flashback with yeah, with, with Anakin and Obi Wan is still on the table.
0: Yeah. I think it's on the table. And I think the I think the Riva flashback is still on the table. And also, yep. uh, we haven't talked about this yet because it's such a small detail, it's kinda almost easy to miss because we're so overwhelmed with how epic the you know Obi-Wan Vader stuff is. Like uh Inquisitor reva has got Leia now. Like what the hell? Yes. Like yes. Uh, yeah. that is
3: scary. <laughs>
0: what is gonna happen with uh, you know, Ooh. little girl Leia Le- Le- and uh and see that's
3: that's my question too because obi-wan is obviously gonna go recuperate a little bit and then go after her that that has to be what happened so where is she taking her and i think there's two likely possibilities oh my god both of which are insane to think about obi-wan showing up at and those are fortress inquisitorius or or vader's castle Holy I shit. I think
2: she's going to Vader's castle. Oh, oh my God. I think is going to draw Obi-Wan there for a rematch on Mustafar. That's my guess. Oh,
4: my
0: Inside. God. Oh, boy. is <laughs> <laughs> oh, <boy, he's laughs> right, Wes. Holy smokes. Oh, man. I'm not sure if I can handle We're this. We're going
4: to go right back down to the bank of the lava where we last saw each other and I'm going to be on the high ground, and you're going to be on that piece of crap that's in
0: the lava. And let's see how well yeah, you do. I, I think yeah. there's... Obi-Wan was, Obi-Wan was burned as hell, too, at the end of this episode. His arm oh, was, like
2: yeah. His, was yeah, He was in that for fire for a,
3: for a long for a sec- time. Yeah. yeah, he was. I it think it's going to be... I mean, he's yeah. going
2: to Jabin, where there are going to be Jedi. I think he's going to be force healed or or, or deal but with something there. Maybe
0: maybe he'll stop by uh, that, that that hospital on the asteroid and uh, get those birthing droids that so utterly failed to save <laughs> <U-ba. him laughs> to take care U-ba. U-ba. <laughs> U-ba. Those kind of Uba. Maybe, maybe they'll be maybe they'll be a little more competent this time and can save his life when they couldn't save Padme's. Damn it. <laughs> uh.
2: That'd be a little rough. They'd be like, I don't know, for I don't know, I think his arm's dead. No, just heal it. Nope. Cut it off. Gotta go. <laughs> Guys!
3: <laughs> yeah,
2: that'll be oh, that'll be something. But I, I I do think that uh we're gonna get them drawing Obi-Wan back to them. I don't think I don't I don't think that they're gonna be chasing Obi-Wan to Jabin. Right. I think this is again, let let the Jedi hunt himself, let the Jedi hunt himself. He's gonna come to the girl. And I think, you know, Leia in episode four like says vader i i thought i so or you know she knows vader when she sees him right she mm-hmm. knows tarkin <clears throat> but there could be in a world where they've met before i don't know if they're gonna go that way but it's not going to break canon if they do. Yeah. She
0: yeah. immediately recognized him. That was a good point. Yeah. I, I didn't think about that. So, but, I mean, maybe maybe, maybe someone like Vader her. is very well recognizable in the Rebellion. That would also kind of make yeah. sense, you know? They have pictures of him so, up, you yeah. know? Public enemy yeah. number one. Dart boards. Yeah. I, I have mean, a...
2: It, it, it- if it's written well enough, it'll make sense.
0: I have one final thought that I wanted to kind of uh kind of conclude with and wrap up with, if that's okay with you guys. Do it. Um Do it. I've seen some I've seen a little bit of discourse on online and we actually had a bit of a troll show up in our chat earlier to comment about like why did Obi Wan get his ass kicked by Vader when he so utterly destroyed Maul later on in, in Rebels and uh, I stumbled on this this Twitter uh, post that was a screenshot of something from Reddit. So this is like social media montage here. My goodness. And I, I go want to read it. it to you. <laughs> I want to read it to you because this is a very beautiful thought and kind of wraps up the idea of Obi-Wan and Anakin very nicely. And it's titled, Obi-Wan Died on Mustafar Alongside Anakin. And it says, from a character perspective, Obi-Wan never made it back from Mustafar, just like Anakin. Anakin was reborn as Darth Vader, whereas Obi-Wan just lost all sense of the man that he was. Within just a few hours, Obi-Wan lost everything he lived for when Order 66 was executed: his home, his Jedi family, the Republic, the war he'd been fighting for so long. He had to kill his best friend and pupil, and it didn't even matter. The Republic failed nonetheless. And Anakin only became something worse than Obi-Wan could have ever imagined. Ben Kenobi is a walking dead man with nothing left to fight for. Even his quest to protect Luke feels pointless, with Owen ostracizing and standing between him and what little sense of duty or purpose he has left. You can extrapolate it to any kind of trauma response or mental illness you want, but what matters is that Ben is not General Kenobi, Master Jedi Knight who bested Anakin Skywalker. He's just a broken man who has to find a reason to live for again, and that's what Leia can give him, even if it means... He has to confront the truth about Anakin once and for all, and that was a beautiful thought. <laughs> that's yeah. from that's, that's a great. That's thought. from they call her Blossom on Reddit is the username. I'll give him credit. That's. Yeah.
1: I mean, I, I hadn't thought about that. It makes sense. Obi Obi Wan Obi
0: Wan Obi- 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 was a changed yeah. man after Mustafar, but I never yeah. thought about it in the way, in the sense that you think about Anakin, because it's like. Anakin was killed essentially on Mustafar. Is how you can kind of think about it in your head, and yeah. maybe you can kind of think about that with Obi Wan as well.
2: Yeah,
4: kind of. Yeah, that kind of really broke Ben or Obi Wan because as a Jedi, you're not supposed to be attached by anything, and he had that attachment to Anakin as being his brother, <clears throat> as being somebody that he loved, and then stripped away from him, just yeah. the, by both relationship and he thought he was dead. So it's that's interesting to see how Obi-Wan as the quintessential Jedi actually is suffering from that attachment yeah. that is plaguing his mind yeah. right now, especially in this, in this episode. I good also point.
2: think it's interesting, you know, when you ask why did he have a better, easier time with Maul in <clears throat> Rebels, I, I think there's a very real possibility that after this adventure, right, is over, mm-hmm. you know, Obi-Wan had his lightsaber in the desert for 10 years, yeah. and in Rebels, it is on his hip when Maul arrives. That's I think that Get to, he gets his mojo loses back? Leia. Well, I, Yeah, I was <laughs> thinking. He like, <laughs> he's like, you know what? Leia got taken twice. Vader beat me. I wasn't able to protect Leia. If yeah. anyone comes for Luke on Tatooine, I cannot protect him now, like I swore to. So I think that he's going to, he is going to have to, like, all right, I got to train yeah. again. Because if anyone comes here to get Luke, I don't think he realized that he couldn't do anything. At Great this point. point, I think he's got, because yeah. he's now lost yeah. Leia. He's like, I can't lose two Skywalkers like this. So I'm going to have to get my moves back. So by the time that Maul does come, he's like, all right, I have trained enough since this series to mm-hmm. reconnect. And yeah, Rocky, like, maybe have connected with Qui-Gon since then as well. And be yeah, like, all yeah, right, I open yeah. myself back yes. up to the force. I am now back in tune. Because That's the other thing I learned now that I can't not be.
0: I'll be shocked if we don't get that it's- for sure. Same. I think it's gonna going to happen. Yeah, I know. I, know. I think yeah. it's too. I think it's too. Oh man, oh. I'm glad we got. I'm glad we finally got to talk about this. Yeah, like two See, hours. It's so good. It's it is. So it's good. this is such a good show. I'm enjoying Obi Wan Kenobi. I think at the midpoint more so than I've ever enjoyed any other any other Star Wars project. Like this has just been so yep. much yeah. fun. It is everything that I wish for. I mean, it's just it's fun. It's so much fun. i am having a blast.
3: Like this. This is you know? it, and this is my opinion. This is the best. Easily, head and shoulders above the rest. The best Star Wars live action TV that we've had. I think I it's going to continue. Um, what's the difference? I don't know. You and McGregor? Maybe, 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 maybe.
2: Who even
0: knows? But the like, emotion.
4: <laughs> I want to. I'd like to end on one last shot that I found. I was just Do scrolling it. through episode three. I love how you say that, and um, <laughs> you could see the size difference in Darth Vader versus Obi Wan. Holy
2: like, shit! Yeah, with,
4: with wow. the suit, yeah. dude. it makes him look like he's a foot and a half taller than Obi Wan. Wow, and he's one handing the whole shot.
0: time. By the way, know, that was great. Yeah. Well. That was great. I love the lightsaber combat. Like the how how Obi Wan seemed just so shaken and and weak, and Vader just utterly kicked his ass with one hand. I mean, it was like. Very much Dooku versus uh, Anakin vibes, like from episode two. Mm-hmm. You know, like he's yep. just such a master swordsman. And I also love that detail in Brotherhood. You know, no spoilers, but in Brotherhood, it kind of talks about Anakin getting used to his metal arm because it's, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's episode it's so two. Yeah, so good there. And he talks about it is constantly brought up. I love yeah, that. Part. Like he he's like getting used to it and there's a moment where he realizes that he doesn't he needs to stop thinking about it as if it's a replacement for his arm and instead thinking about it like it's a new thing. It's a tool and it's super strong and he should be using that and like this yeah. is Vader where we see that where he's such a machine. And like scary and powerful and strong and like we very much saw that. Also, we didn't talk about this earlier, but the montage at the very beginning where they plugged them all in and everything—we've never seen. We've seen the helmet, you know, in the in the seal. Yeah. We've seen that yeah, multiple the times. Back and the, that was a lot. The more machine, man, more machine now than man
3: line. Really, yeah. really, really, really. A lot of sharp, a lot of sharp attachments.
0: Oh, my God. Jared in the chat says very much Corey in real life versus how tall I thought he was going to be. Come on. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you're giant, <laughs> Corey. That's what we're saying. Listen, I had multiple people tell me, including listeners that we ran into at Celebration, tell me that I was taller than I thought they were. I felt like grievous. <laughs> 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 it was ridiculous. I'm like, come on. I'm normal height. Oh,
2: man. Well, uh. I'll tell you what, folks. If these first three <clears throat> episodes are, are the first half, which I guess is historically, you know, the lead up. To the really intense stuff, to the second half of the season, I can't only really imagine what we're going to be in for. Going forward, we're going to be bounty hunting on the weekends, one episode at a time. Uh, we're hoping to get back on our rhythm, and of course, every Monday, we're still going to be back on The Living Forest. Tomorrow, we are going to be talking about Celebration again, part two. Kind of recapping everything that happened, uh, honestly, from the second day on uh, at Celebrations. Yeah. We hope we see you then. If you have thoughts about Obi-Wan Kenobi, jump into our Discord and Obi-Wan Kenobi channel. Use spoiler tags. Please be very respectful or throw them in the comments of this video or if you're listening on audio. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. We hope you enjoyed it. Um, I know we just went around and did it again, but before we get on out of here, Charles, you very specifically, I want to give you the last word. This is your boy. This is Obi-Wan. If you could describe these first three episodes in one sentence, lead us out with that.
3: Oh man, okay. I think, I think that this show has been immaculate in showing us Ben Kenobi rather than Obi Wan Kenobi. That's that's what this show has done up to this point, point. and now we get to see how this broken man becomes the hero that we see him be in Episode Four. Zero to
2: hero just like that Hercules all right on that thank you everyone for checking out this week's episode of Bounty Hunt keep your eyes out for our next hunt and we'll be diving into episode four of Obi-Wan Kenobi a special thank you to OK Endar Brian Dooley Patrick Ortiz Earl Q and Carl Sander on our Jedi High Council and Elizabeth Foutier Freddie C and Sally and Chris Eilerson on our Alliance High Command Go ahead and tell us all your thoughts on Obi-Wan Kenobi in our Discord community at utini.com slash Discord, and follow the main show on Twitter at LivingForcePod and at utini underscore US. Individually, we are at Eric Eilerson, at Corey M. Hill, at C. Hankel, and at Boss Wes. Until next time... My God, that was an Obi-Wan Kenobi television show. Woo-hoo!
1: You've been listening to the Bounty Hunt Podcast. Yeah? Good. To learn more about other Utini Patreon exclusives, visit utini.com.